Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On this week's episode, we are going to do something a little unique. I was on another podcast. I was on the Pop Culture Brews podcast where we talked about a movie and I made a beer inspired by that movie. So we're actually going to play that episode in the feed this week on Homebrewing DIY. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-yourself aspect of homebrewing, gadgets, contraptions, and parts. This show covers it all. On this week's show, I am actually was a guest on the Pop Culture Brews podcast. And so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to add the show that I did with the Pop Culture Brews crew. And I am going to just have you check out the show that I was a guest on. It was, a, it was a cool show where we talked about a wonderful movie called The Room, which is actually a really bad movie, and the beer that I made inspired by it. And so stick around and listen to that this week. It's going to be a little bit more of a unique show than what I've done in the past. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DIY, and there you can give it any amount it's always your support that helps us take care of this. So um, if you're a Patreon or a patron, you are listening to this show early right now. You're listening to it on a Sunday. And this show will actually be out on Tuesday. And so just note that is what's going on if you are listening to this on your Patreon account. So very, very cool. Well, let's just jump into it. I want to get it going. And so a little bit different of a show this week. You're going to listen to... 
the Pop Culture Brews podcast. So you're going to hear their intro and everything, but I'm actually going to throw it into our feed. And then this week also, on Thursday, I'm going to drop another episode and we'll have an interview with the Brew Cop guy. So very excited about that one as well. So enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you on Thursday. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hello, and welcome back to Pop Culture Brews, the only podcast on the internet where we take pieces of pop culture we love, do way too deep a dive on it, and then at the end of it, we reveal to you the beer we're inspired to brew by it. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Andrew. I'm the other host, I'm Tyler. And this is such a guest-heavy season. This is a guest-heavy season, and I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> so we have we have a very special guest who I actually guested on his podcast when we first started, so special guest. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Coulter Wilson from the Homebrewing DIY podcast. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Good health. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. By the way, this is my first podcast recording in the same room as someone wow. ever. That is crazy. Ever? Ever. Yeah. Wow, you were my, doing it before. It was cool. I, all of my stuff is in the room. Well, because the first episode of yours I listened to was the two British guys who brew beer with tea equipment. Yes. And yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to be drawn to that <laughs> for stereotype reasons. Um, but yeah, no, tell us, tell us, about, tell us about the cast of Pod. Yeah, so uh, essentially Homebrewing DIY is a show that takes the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. We are mainly an interview show where we discuss homebrewing processes, but we also really do deep dives into equipment and DIY kind of projects. Mm -hmm. Most recently, I would say we had an episode just last week, or actually it's not out yet. I just recorded one this last week where we have a few open source projects and we had the makers of those open source projects talking about some softwares that they've designed. Mm -hmm. So we do some of that. We also talk about brewing process and, mm -hmm. and have uh, I have a weird knack for beer history as well. And so I talk a lot about that as well. So mm -hmm. th those that's kind of the, the weird things about it that I t talk to. But it's, a, it's a much better research beer podcast than this one. Like <laughs> <laughs> it actually talks about beer. It's the, the, <laughs> the funny thing is, is as we get later into this, you guys are going to taste one of the worst beers I've ever made. That, you know, and that we've ever featured on this show. <laughs> so I, I will say this, like, um, you know, when, when we make beers, like we try and, <clears throat> You know, we've talked about it before. Like, we try and find something about the thing that we're making it for uh, to really, like, tell the story of the beer. And this beer... Oh, fuck, man. It is, like... <laughs> it is bad. It is... But but it's so perfect. Like that, and that's the thing. And then what was so freaking brilliant about it was the making of it. And we'll tell the story of it, because I've got stories about fermenting it here... <laughs> Like, it just, it, it's such a perfect beer for it. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to say, like, I, I, I really, I mean, I discovered your podcast as, as I was starting out, and I think it's fantastic, and I've actually learned a lot of stuff from it. So thank you for obviously sharing your knowledge and having, like, really interesting guests on, because, yeah, we, I get a lot out of it. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and also, I, I am a listener of this show. Nice. Obviously, you guys are a local Denver podcast we've when you first started out andrew you were on the show so i've been subscribed to this podcast and i love it i love the idea that 
you guys talk about, I, I love pop culture and movies. Some of the t topics that you've selected have been great. I love the deep dive. And then some of the beers you have made that are inspired by this, these movies or, or music, have been really, really cool recipes that I've never really thought about when it comes to making beer. Oh, right you. right now I'm drinking a beer from a future episode. I'm not going to get into <laughs> it, but that, that I'm tasting because you made that the same day we made the other yep. beer. And it is a wonderful, unique beer not like anything else I've had. You have to listen to this podcast in a future episode to know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, is that you guys come up with really cool, unique recipes. And I think that it's, if you're a home brewer and you listen to this show, you're going to learn something about brewing. And if you're a movie buff, you also learn something about the idea of getting inspired to do something based on something you love. Right? Oh, thank uh, you. And I thank think you. that that's a really yeah. cool take and I, I love the show. So no, well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I, I mean, cause the, the one we've talked about it is mm -hmm. the way we view brewing is so we don't get into the technical aspects of brewing on our show No. because in, like, even when you came around to mm -hmm. brew, like you were using your all in one electric system, which means you are doing automatically a different process to what we were doing with our mash tons and, and everything. Absolutely. Um, and so that's why we try and avoid it. But what we think there's a hole in the market of is being inspired to try something different without it just being like oh i want to try an ipa it's like really try and tell a story and it's fun a funny thing you say that is that that is kind of something that comes up often in homebrewing right? mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. ask you how do you come up with recipes and i think that what you guys are explaining to people if you're listening to this is these are the ways people come up with recipes. Professional brewers become inspired by something, yeah. be it another beer that they've had, be it a life experience. One of my favorite beers is done by Wood Boss Brewing here locally in Denver. Oh, fantastic, fantastic brewery. brewery. And they did one, We Are the Dreamer of Dreams, which is inspired from the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm. right? And so it is something where they can take something like that and make a beer inspired by a movie that they like. They yeah. do it all the time. They do it with names of beers. They do it with styles of beers. And that, that to me is something that home brewers tend to get caught up in individual styles and trying to do perfection copies mm -hmm. of commercial things when it's like you're a home brewer, you can be creative and get inspiration wherever you can. Yeah. yeah. I think I've only brewed a beer twice maybe once in my, in my entire home brewing career yeah um, well you've only got the one tap well that's true <laughs> but also it's just i don't know i think that there's just so many other recipes out there it's it's it, it's hard for me to say i like that beer i'm gonna go back to it when i could like explore i don't know a twist on another recipe i've done yeah. or something like that you know it's just like I just wants to constantly be changing what I'm putting on tap. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you know, <clears throat> like there are so many fantastic breweries that like I know myself as a home brewer, I am not going to replicate that beer that I love from Wood Boss from Fiction or anything. Right. And Fiction, they're fantastic because if you email them and say, I really like this beer, more than likely they will share the recipe with you because they've got their own yeast. So you literally cannot replicate their beer. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, well, if I love their beer, I might as well just go buy it and come up with my own shebang. And, and I think yeah. that's a great approach. It, you know, some of my most popular episodes are recipe formulation episodes mm -hmm. because people are always thinking, how do you approach recipes? And to me, recipes should come from wherever. Yeah, I'm a I'm a much more of a of a hey let's just make beer and if it's good it's good if it sucks it was 
five hours of time and not a big deal and just dump it down the drain, no big deal. So, yeah. And, and we'll get to one of those. Sure. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about the movie. Let's, this, let's talk about the movie. Because we were talking, we've been kind of setting it up with this is going to be one of the worst beers, but we are actually here to talk about one of the worst movies, right? You know, I, I want you to introduce the movie. And then I am going to read the back oh, of the DVD <laughs> of, of this movie. I bought this DVD especially for this episode. It is the best 10 bucks I have ever spent. <laughs> I ended up ordering the soundtrack for Tyler's Wife last night. <laughs> Which has 29 songs on it. 29 songs. So what What are we discussing? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say only five or six are actually memorable of the songs. Uh, there's only three on the entire, in the entire movie. <laughs> but 29 songs on Tw the soundtrack. 29 yes. tracks, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I will say that we are going to talk about the probably one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, worst and amazing. Yes, but so bad that it's such a train wreck that everybody is like, wow. And they even, it is such a train wreck that somebody made a movie about the making of this movie, yep. which is The Room. The and Room. The Room. <laughs> and, and The Room, for me, I, I want to talk about how I first found this movie and then you can read the back of the oh yeah DVD. go for it can go we quickly it. yeah we need to quickly say that this is the room not room, room. Yes. <laughs> yes this isn't the room this, this isn't the the, uh, the harrowing drama of a mother and son trap escaped from a psychopath this killer. is the harrowing drama of a man who is betrayed by his lover and friends yes mm, yes indeed. and i will say this is something where i ran into the room randomly I used to work at a restaurant. I was a bartender for many years, and I would get off work around 1 or 2 in the morning every day. And I got off work on, it was April Fool's Day, and I fire up some Adult Swim. And in the mid-aughts, so about four or five years after this movie was made, they would do The Room as a marathon back-to-back <laughs> -back all night long for April Fool's Day. Yeah. That, they showed oh, Adult else. Swim, right? Yeah, on yeah. Adult Swim. And I turn on the TV... And right when I turn it on is the Denny on Drugs scene. We will talk about it. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. That that was the scene I turned it on. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this movie? It's so and, perfect for adults. <laughs> and then I watched it. And then it started over. And then I watched it again. Yeah. And then I watched it again because I was completely enamored at how horribly perfect it really was. And, and please tell me you were like either smashed or high at the time. Because... I will admit that I had been drinking. Yes. There, there you okay. go. There you <laughs> that go. makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, because it's funny because my, my sister and brother-in-law are obsessed with this film. They've actually gone to special screenings. Tommy Wiseau, who's the infamous writer and director and star of and this. Producer. And producer. <laughs> of this amazing movie. Like they've gone to see him speak. And so... I was, I've heard of this film, and so we were around friends, a few drinks being had, and I'm like, I keep hearing about this movie, The Room, let's put it on, it's free on YouTube, let's, let's just watch it, and it was my wife, our friend Zach and Matt, and I was the only one who thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, they made me apologize at the end of the night, which I totally get, but like... You didn't uh, apologize when you left my house last night. No, well, what, what was so funny was Erin and I were walking back to the car, and she was like, okay, that's actually really amazing the second time around. And it was just like, it truly is. You, you have to go at it with the idea of understanding what it is, yeah. right? And when you go at it with that type of attitude, this movie 
just comes together in almost sheer perfection. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in, in so many bad ways. Mm -hmm. And so the, let's read the back of the DVD. The back of the I want to go to the back of the DVD and then I, we're, and then the, then we'll talk about it. I'm excited. So I actually want to describe the entire cover. So the, <laughs> oh, the cover is a close-up photo of Tommy Wiseau looking drunk. Is it Wiseau or Wiseau? Wiseau. 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 It would really help if I knew where in Europe he was from and I yeah. could work out the pronunciation. Right. And so the tagline is, can you really trust anyone? And then in quotes, as if it's a review, experience this quirky new black comedy, It's a Riot, with no accrediting... And 2000, copyright 2005 to 2016, Rizzo Films, All Rights Reserved. So is this out of copyright? Did he only have that until 2016? Apparently. Apparently, or I don't think it's out of copyright. I, but, I, you know, funny you say that because this movie was not originally done as a black comedy. No! This was originally made to be a serious film. This was his masterpiece. This, this, was, this was his Tennessee Williams moment. <laughs> oh, and so, and so like, the, 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 the plot description is, The Room is an electrifying, electrifying black comedy about love, passion, betrayal, and lies. It's what happens in real life. How? <laughs> You could be with your loving woman, and then all of a sudden, boom! And boom is literally spelled out in capital letters. <laughs> I think I just blew out Tyler's eardrum. <laughs> She's in bed with your best friend or a family member. It happens all the time. It happens all the, all the time. time. This is real life. The, the room depicts the depths of friendships and relationships in one's life and realizes life's real. And most asked question, can you ever really trust anyone? Are you ready to see reflections of your life? What does that say about the plot of the movie? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely bugger all. <laughs> <laughs> so we we were watching it last night and I, we were like just goofing around watching it because this movie, we were trying to summarize the plot of the movie. There is no plot. And we couldn't do it. So we're going to see if you can summarize the plot. Oh, I can summarize the plot All right, quite go for easily. It. Go for it. There are you... three types of women. There are three types of women. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm not even... The real plot of the movie is that Tommy Wazo, right? Mm -hmm. Tommy plays Tommy in the movie, is a banker. And he is in love with a woman named Lisa who plots and stabs him in the back to drive him insane until he ultimately offs himself at the end of the movie. That is literally the plot of the movie. And don't we think that plot of the movie could have been done in 25 minutes? Uh, no, because the first 30 minutes of this movie is some of the hottest sex scenes we will ever experience in our lives. Also, it takes it takes them like three to four weeks to plan a birthday party. Yeah. Which somehow keeps moving. So... so yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to unpack in this movie, and like, and yet nothing, and nothing, like, <laughs> and like we've we've done movies on this show before where like there isn't let's, too much of a plot, but there's the, a lot of vignettes. Let's say the plot is a little thin. <laughs> yeah, like when we when we did Apocalypse Now, like that there's, <laughs> there's no plot to Apocalypse Now. It's just a series of very harrowing vignettes, which it's six guys that are friends going down a river in a boat. Yeah, yeah. that that's it. Yeah. This has less plot. Yeah. <laughs> it does have less plot. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we got to talk about the... 
I don't know how we want to approach it. Do we want to approach like? I think we have to just go through like scenes. Yes, we, because we, we can. We then the production. We should start. Yes, we should start from the beginning and talk about each individual <laughs> scene as they come because they they are just kind of individual like choppy, scenes. Yeah. Imagine if sketch comedy kind of loosely fit together. It's almost <laughs> like that. Right, and the Charles Grodin episode of SNL. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's yeah, go with it. Let's that. go with that. Right, <laughs> and so the idea is uh, <coughs> the movie in itself. And one of the cool things is Tyler saw this movie yesterday for the oh, first, first time. time. So jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets to sit down and talk and, to us and about probably it. Probably the last time. Oh, <laughs> au contraire, my friend. <laughs> I watched it three times in a row my first time. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're putting it on the backyard movie oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like show up for some other movie, and then Andrew's going to like lock the doors, yeah. and all of a sudden, he's going to yell, psych! And the, the <laughs> room's going to be like, turn on. oh, I'm really excited to watch the Sandler. Oh, oh he did oh, buy the DVD. Son of a bitch. He did buy the DVD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so the, the opening scene. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to hand over to you. I don't even remember which one is the opening scene. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, go for yeah, it. The opening, the opening scene is, is the red dress scene. The oh, red dress yes. scene. Yeah. So, so first of all, the opening is wide shots of San Francisco. <laughs> Just random, like random, random cityscapes. cityscapes of San Francisco. And like, not out even focus. out of focus and not even like, cons- like cons- um, in, in a row of a day. Like it's, <laughs> it's like a night shot and then a day shot yep. and then yep. like an evening shot and then a morning shot and then a day shot and then a night shot and then a night shot, a day shot. It's like, what, what are you doing? What, <laughs> what, with, with, with very, when is this? <laughs> with very kind of like monotone kind of like, I, I would say early Late seventies, early eighties, monotone, early movies. 90s. saturated. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. image is saturated as yeah, well. Yeah, very yeah. saturated. And it's like most of the shots are of nothing. Like yeah. you know, like sometimes and when yet they open somehow up, everything. <laughs> most of the time when movies open up on a city, like they they're shooting on like landmarks and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. He went the other direction. He said, you know what? I'm going to take shots of cities that have no landmarks in them. <laughs> and that's kind of his, like, skyline is just, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge. There's um, the, um, is it the Art Museum or the National yeah, Art Museum? Yeah, 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 yeah. The National like Art Museum, that, yeah. Those, those make their appearances, but the majority of those cityscape shots are just, like, random. the random, random. skyline yeah. that avoids the Transamerica really, building. Really or, likes the Really likes the trolley, though. There's a yes. few loves lots, the and lots of scenes and the full the house area. And, and my my theory is is because those are probably areas where they're not really looking to see if you got a film permit, mm-hmm. and that's why you chose that. And then yeah, we noticed the full house house like three or four times throughout and, the the show, and I and started the, singing uh, the theme song and the shout out in front of the Disney store. Yes, the Disney store, <laughs> Disney curiously <laughs> obscured. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That was a good catch. Oh yeah, we were making fun of it a lot. So, so it, it it moves into that to a scene where he walks in from work, and imagine if allegedly met, we don't even know where he came from. Yeah, to be but, but let's just let's just assume you don't know what Tommy Wiseau looks like. <laughs> And, and imagine if Dracula walks in the door with like long dark hair down to his waist, kind of like skinny skeletal, almost look mm-hmm. pale, and in in a kind of very craggy face with a very thick, thick Eastern European yeah. accent, and it already feels out of place. Like it, it immediately feels out of yeah. place. He looks like the lead singer of a failed 
black metal band yes. that has had to get a job. And so he comes in wearing a suit that is way too big for him yes. and hadn't been fashionable since 1993. Keeping in mind this was filmed in 2003. Uh, every time you see this movie, you're like, oh, this is the early 90s. Nope, nope it's nope. the late 2000s. Nope. <laughs> and yeah, and he comes in and there's Lisa, who is his very blonde, very attractive girlfriend, and he gives her a red dress. Who's just been hanging out on the couch Just be hanging out on the couch in, because... In the room. And, well, well, let's talk about the scene of the room as well. Yeah. Because it is... It, this scene it, it takes place... Most of the movie takes place in this room. Mm-hmm. Most of it. And it has, like... It, it, it's there's no furniture that isn't covered with like sheets. <laughs> it reminds me of my grandmother's house from like the early 90s where they have like sheets over to protect well like the plastic coverings almost except instead of plastic there are sheets but you're glad because later on in the movie two people just come in and start randomly having, having sex, sex. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah that's uh so and so that's fine they come over here to study quote unquote yeah. all the time as yes. she sprays oh. down the couch. Oh. <laughs> well, so we're just okay with that. <laughs> yeah, so we get the red dress scene mm-hmm. where he gives her this gift and she pulls it out and it's a, a very beautiful red dress. Mm-hmm. And immediately she's like, I want to go take a nap. But in the interim of that, with a wink, <laughs> wink, and in the interim comes Denny. What the fuck is Denny? Well, they, they not do, Danny. Not Danny. Denny. Denny with an E. Yes. And Denny walks in and immediately has this weird it's it's like a weird like i have a crush on both of you kind of vibe mm-hmm. and you don't really know how he fits in and she's like well we're gonna go up and take a nap she's holding this this scantily red dress and he's like well i want to take a nap with you and you, this immediately feels very porno it's very icky yeah, yeah. very <laughs> icky but not like not like cool porno icky yeah. this is like icky icky yeah icky. yeah because yeah. also we should mention that denny is like looks like he's 16 years old he's yes. and he's supposed to be between somewhere between 16 and 19 yeah he, somewhere he's in a, apparently he's in, in college, college he's in college yeah so he's at least 18 but he looks like he's 16 but like but so yeah you got this creepy 16 year old kid i'm just gonna call it he's 16 and so Johnny and Lisa, because Johnny is a good American, all-American boy with a thick Eastern European accent from New Orleans, <laughs> and they go upstairs, and they start, you know, having a pillow fight and flirting, and then Denny just comes up and joins them, and sneaks like, up, sneaks, sneaks up. up, and then they're like, "Hey, Denny, come on, what are you doing?" Guys, like, I like to watch, and I'm like, oh <laughs> "What?" And so, yeah, you are thinking it's going to become a porno. Two is a party, three is a crowd. And and mind you, this is the first five minutes of this movie. First five minutes, yeah. And so far, we know nothing. There's no plot. No plot. They're not setting anything up. And at this point, like, (laughs) this movie could have just gone straight into porno territory because um, Johnny and Lisa, Denny leaves, Johnny and Lisa start, you know, making love. With roses. And it's... Roses, a oh, red no, sorry. dress. Sorry, a single rose. A single rose. And a red dress. Very gratuitous. Yes. In that you see her in a state of undress, and then you see him completely undressed, and there's many shots of his ass, <laughs> and it looks like he's trying to uh, make love to her belly button. Yeah. Or, or really her hip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe her hip. Yeah. Because she's kind of on this weird side angle and he's like kind of humping her hip. Yeah. And 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 it's like 
once again, this is like Dracula Skeletor, <laughs> right? Humping away here. And, and, and she's, and, and, and I will say we probably see one of her breasts, mm-hmm. I would say 20 or 30 times through this movie. Yeah. Yes. And, too and many times. Too many times. Too many times. It's well, just exploitative. <laughs> <laughs> it, but she, they, they've literally, in this whole scene, we are now 10 minutes into the movie, and all we have seen is red dress, weird, creepy boy trying to hook up with them, and then <laughs> a five-minute a, a, a sex, five sex scene, and then they wake up the next day, and they're covered in roses and haggard, and his alarm clock's going off, yeah. and he rolls over, and they've got rose petals on their back, and I'm like, man, I have felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> If we have a sea culture with a rose, run. Run, run, run. run. I have felt direction. that way. And there was a lot of drinking involved the night yeah. before. And there was no drinking involved in this night before. So, no. No. And like... Sometimes when the passion hits, you know. Yeah. You lose all sense of self. I, I really, truly believe that Tommy thinks <laughs> that this was a beautiful movie yeah. depicted depicting beautiful lovemaking i really think well, he well that. and here's the interesting thing about all the lovemaking scenes in this film uh especially between her and and tommy mm-hmm. is that it was all the same scene and it you, was picked, a, up, yes. you yes. picked up on that yes it's all the same scene and he used all of the footage just at different points in the film yes yes and it's like not even like different cuts of the same camera angle it's it or sorry different cuts of the same scene it's literally, literally the, same, the shot. same shots yeah every yes. time yeah <laughs> and it's like they just pieced it together i'm like now we're gonna make love back to the time we got her to take her shirt off well and and the crazy thing is is that this movie is one hour and 39 minutes the amount of lovemaking scenes in this movie sex scenes is 10 minutes it makes up 10 percent of the film i i think you're off i think it's a good 20 to 25 minutes i i read it on imdb oh i'm sure you timed it oh yeah i just sit there again but by the time we were through the third last night i did do a time check because i was like now we're into the third sex scene and i looked and we're only 20 minutes into the movie so so well you don't have nothing to say what happens between the first and second sex scene then well, between the first and the second section <laughs> is that we have the flower scene. It's the flower oh, scene. Oh, the yes. flower shop scene. The flower scene. shop scene, right? And because there were two scenes between, right? The first scene was her with her mother. Oh, yes. And this Who is the comes kid. over especially just to harass her. Yes. Comes over, and her mother is where Tommy tries to write in where Lisa gets her vindictiveness from, right? <laughs> that is that is the idea of what this character is supposed to be. Yeah. And first we see our first inconsistency, right, is okay. in this scene because she's talking to her mother. Her mother's talking about her ex-husband. I've got to ask, she... have we seen any consistency so far? There was no plot yet, <laughs> right? There's still no plot. But here's the first inconsistency because there are, you'll find through this movie there are decisions that are made and, and, and they say them and then they never come up again. Yeah. And this is the first of those. And she's talking to her mother. They're having coffee. And her mother is complaining about her husband, her ex-husband, and how he hasn't given her enough because she the idea is that you have to realize tommy writes about women as if they are essentially only there for one thing and materialistic and that is his view of women and you have there's to realize three types of women. There's, there's three types of women yes. we learn that later on in the movie <laughs> yes. yes he does tell he does talk about that in the movie but it is really almost as if 
the most misogynistic male wrote his portrayal of what women were like and was allowed to make a movie and only women fall into those it's like it's like unhealthy it is unhealthy it's well, so because we were watching it and i was like wow this makes the bond movies look like feminist critique totally yeah. <laughs> totally i mean it because and i, I want to jump to the three types of women but there's a literal line where he's talking to one of his friends who just pops up out of nowhere is a and the friend's like well oh, hey three, mark hey mark there's three types of women there's too smart too dumb and evil <laughs> and you're like well what? Can, they, can they be a combo no 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 no, no, no. no. It's one of the three, three types of women and <laughs> yeah. so we're just sitting there watching and you were like just like this is the most misogynistic thing i have ever, ever seen ever in every seen. and i've convers- seen every bond movie and <laughs> <laughs> every conversation he has with a man is misogynistic oh, oh yeah. my god it's right. it's, it's so terrible. great it, 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 it is donald trump locker talk <laughs> Every time he has a conversation with a man. I'm sorry. I would like to give Tommy Wiseau slash Johnny more credit. <laughs> yeah, get what I'm saying. <laughs> so he's, he's talking. She's talking to her. She's going down the conversation of how she's out to get her man because she's evil, mm-hmm. right? Of the three stereotypes, and then from there, out of nowhere, well, you know, I just came back from the doctor and I have breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never referenced again. It doesn't Lisa? And, Lisa's like, "Well, I hope you feel better," and then yeah. just like moves no, on. Moves on. <laughs> conversation moves on. Yeah. Well, because the thing I want to point out about this scene, because like I, we were just watching last night, I was like, "Does this man just need constant affirmation?" So while he's painting the mother as this vindictive evil witch. All she has to say about Johnny is nice things. So Lisa Positive. is explaining yeah. to her mom, "I don't love him anymore." Uh, and like there's a whole like whole bullshit of reasons but essentially i don't love this man i don't want to be with him anymore she's like but he can provide for you he gives you all the money he gives you all the money you he can't keeps you by, safe by like looks. you can't look after yourself johnny's wonderful how dare you say this about johnny johnny's great just haranguing her daughter about how wonderful johnny is and it's like well you get with him then but then for how oh, wonderful they, oh, they will oh they will but for how wonderful <laughs> johnny is the very next shot is him parking illegally outside <laughs> of a fire outside of a flower shop so a fire hydrant in front of a fire hydrant (laughs) and and with no sound that actually matches their lips (laughs) it is they so they went in and they shot the scene in the flower shop Mm -hmm. didn't have any audio and then overdubbed it later that is what had to have happened yeah it's crazy because literally he walks in and he goes who are you or something no like he's like oh a dozen roses he's like okay and then he takes off his glasses oh johnny i didn't recognize you (laughs) ah yeah it's me good dog nice doggy pets a dog (laughs) and then walks out and as he's walking out you're my favorite customer you're my favorite customer (laughs) you're my favorite customer (laughs) back to the affirmations right Yeah. yeah always painting johnny as the good guy always always even though everything he says about women is completely misogynistic Johnny is always painted out to be the good guy. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. <laughs> well, and so then so then he gets back from the flower shop, and is that the scene where Lisa gets him drunk? It is because yeah. he didn't get his promotion because the oh, mother yeah. was throwing out the he's going to get a promotion yep, yep. and he's going to buy you a house yep. and then he doesn't get his promotion at work. He buys the flowers to kind of lessen the blow that he doesn't get the promotion. She gets him drunk. They make love. Yeah. Now here's the question because as we mentioned in the previous lovemaking scene, there were roses 
Like, so my assumption is those roses were intended for this lovemaking scene, and he just recut the movie because he wanted more, like, shots of his ass in the film. Exactly. Yeah. I am going to agree with you 100%. Right, yeah. so. And then we have, uh, you know, then we, we get... So basically from there, she has cancer. Um, he got drunk and hit me is the next conversation after the lovemaking scene. Yep, yep. She tells her mother that he hit her. Yep. And so the next day, she her mother comes back. She's talking to her mother, and she has this conversation about how... Wait, Johnny doesn't drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, Johnny doesn't drink. Well, he did last night, and, and he then hit, hit me. me. <laughs> yep. Well, and so then you get, like, the very famous scene of him going up to the roof... And he's like, this is bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, oh hi, hi, Mark. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to talk about the ohis and the ohays, but when did he find out that, that, that he had this supposedly ne- hit her? This was never done. Yeah. Right? He just comes up out of nowhere because she tells her mother. He never shows him finding out. And all of a sudden, he knows that he's been accused of hitting her while he was drunk. I just saw it's Johnny and the mother yeah. getting together, having a, co- a so, coffee, quote-unquote. Last night, <laughs> we were watching the DVD. Uh, or, like, we got home from yours watching the DVD, and we decided to watch The Disaster Artist. And cocktails were had, so we're like, okay, now we've got to watch everything on the DVD. So there's deleted scenes. And I was like, okay, maybe, just maybe, there are deleted scenes that fill in these plot holes. No. No. The deleted scene is literally the drug dealer scene shot in a different location. Oh. Instead of with the green screen. Instead of with the green screen, (laughs) it's shot in the alley where they played football. football. And so it's just like, so at what point did he find out that everyone's saying this about him? Nowhere. We, no, we have we no idea. Have no clue. I, I, For our listeners who are like, wow, they're really jumping around the plot. No, we're not. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> there is actually an important scene that we need to talk about, and that's Lisa calling Mark. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. so she calls Mark, who is Johnny's best friend, played by Greg Sesteros. And we don't know this yet. We don't know this yet. And he cuts to him in his car. I'm busy. Hi, I'm busy. What's up? Oh, I really love you. I'll be there in five. <laughs> I'm really busy. And, and the way it's shot and the way he's talking... It looks like he's getting a blowjob. Thank you for using that. <laughs> I was going to go with the no, more... I'm just going to cut to the point. Yeah, I was going to say... We could say fellatio. Receiving pleasure <laughs> yeah. orally. No, it looks like... It's like a weird cut of his only his torso up. Yeah. And you're like, is there someone else and he, in the and car And he's got his you? head, like, rolled back. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he's got beard, sunglasses on. Yeah. Bearded Mark. Bearded Mark. Bearded yeah. Mark. That's very important. <laughs> and so then he goes around to Lisa where they make love on the stairs. But I think it's important also, this goes back to like Tony's or Tommy or whatever his name is, like misogyny, because that whole scene is Lisa's fault. Like he like sets oh, yeah. it up yeah. to like look like it's Lisa's fault forcing Mark into having sex with him. At no point her. at no point is any man blamed for their infidelity or indiscretion. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It is always it's driven always from the, the woman's fault. Yeah. So so we have the scene and there's some some huge issues I have in the scene. First of all, <laughs> red wine in a champagne glass. Yep. Oh, that's that a, is that's a big sacrilege. Issue. Sacrilege. And when she does it, 
I actually sent you guys a message on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, red you. wine in a champagne glass? <laughs> just, just drink it out of the bottle. God, I know, at that like, point. Like a reasonable human being. <laughs> and so she pours in red wine. I got the test back. <laughs> and then she sits down with him. And, and basically does a strip tease for him mm-hmm. and then forces herself upon him as he tries to deny her her first or second um, advance on him. And even his, like, trying to deny her is, like... No, I shouldn't. It, ha, it's ha, like ha. the obligatory, like, dance when you're on a date and mm-hmm. you both go for the bill, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, yep. oh, no, I should... Okay, fine. And, God, then you, you, and then we have, actually, there's the third sex scene right there. On the stairs. <laughs> I've got to point out something that Tyler's wife said last night. Oh, God. <laughs> so, a sex scene is happening. And she just looks goes, ugh, that is so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I just remember looking at her going, can I go on? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut that if you would like to. <laughs> You can leave it there. Uh, that's fine. I just thought I'll check that with you. No, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. So there's that scene alone is so, and it's 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 a weird, creepy sex scene that yeah. is all. It, it is it is not. It doesn't look comfortable either. Yeah. <laughs> and and then in the end, we then cut to the roof scene. Well, also uh, you also like it's also uncomfortable in the sense that we've just spent the last ten minutes learning that Mark is his. Uh, his best friend. Yeah. Yes. So it's just over and over again that's pounded into your head, and it's like, oh, they're having sex then. Okay. Well, well, and like, and well, and the thing is that we kind of touched on it last night. Like, we realized some of the movies we watched for this show, like the '80s action movies, always have these gratuitous sex scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Terminator and Highlander are the two that obviously come to mind, and they're just like or any Bond oh, movies or any Bond. Well, yeah. no, but like those two in particular, like they're yeah. just gratuitous. Yeah, it's like over the yeah, it's over yeah. the top, and it's like, but <clears throat> they had the decency to only have the one. Yep. Yes. And this one's like, yeah, we'll just keep going. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are now on number three. Right? We're now on number three. We're 25 minutes in. Yes. We've now 25 had a minutes third in. Massive sex scene. Yes. Yeah. We've and got an hour and 14 left. <laughs> the good news is, Again, after pr- about 30 minutes in, there are still sex scenes, but far fewer one far after fewer, another yeah. after about 30 minutes. Again. Yeah. I dare you to tell me it's not a softcore porn that just ran out of money. <laughs> not taking that down. <laughs> and then we get into the roof scene where we do the I did not hit her, I did not hit her, I did not. Did oh, not. Oh, I hi, did not. And oh, hi, this, Mark. This is a scene where we also first see the football. Yes, the infamous <laughs> football. Yes, the football shows up throughout the movie. I'm going to call out every time the football gets pulled out, by the way. Yeah. And and first of all, imagine these are all filmed. The, the roof itself is always the same sit- setup. Yep. It's it's a little shed that they walk in and out of and it is on a, a, a in a in a stage with a green screen backdrop. Yep. So, here's the thing. And and if you've seen the disaster artist, they really bring this up in the disaster artist where they talk about how they were in San Francisco filming this movie. They could have just done a lot of these scenes outside in the city. (laughs) And he was like, no, we're making a movie. We're going to do it on a green screen. (laughs) It's a real Hollywood movie. It's a real Hollywood movie. It's an American movie. (laughs) And so a scene that did not need to be filmed on a green screen. Is seen is filmed on the green screen. And, also and throw the out background the, changes. Yeah, I was gonna say the back the green screen changes. Yes, it like does. the the shots of it, it's this. I guess it's the same background 
footage, but like the angle of the shot yeah. is different, different because some shots you can only see out to the hill of whatever's behind the apartment roof. Mm-hmm. And then other ones you're like looking down into what looks like a shipping container like <laughs> lot. I'm going to go with when uh, he was in the editing room and they had an editor. I am sure Tommy Wasau was there with a gun to his head going, no, do not change that any differently than that. <laughs> because no editor in their right mind would have let a lot of this stuff well, go. And so, it's like the simplest fix, too. I mean, it's... <laughs> my, my favorite thing about the editing of this movie was apparently, and again, read a lot of this on IMDb, just to give credit where credit's due, but like apparently the editor went to him and was like, look, I was editing like another sex scene last night <laughs> and the shots of your ass scared my wife can we use less of them and he was like no in fact for that comment put in two more put in two more <laughs> and that's why we got him walking to the door <laughs> and then uh in this show we we have the football and then we have the basically after this scene they, they have a conversation about women women and a very respectful, a very respectful conversation. conversation this is, this is the women. one where the three types of women come. Three out. Types, oh, yep. Because this is the one where this isn't the one where uh, Mark is talking about. Oh yeah, this girl was carrying on with twelve guys, and no, one no, of no, them. That's, okay, that's, that's later. Sort of, that's right. later. That's okay. later. But this one is where he's like, "Well, I kind of met this girl, but it's not really. I, I'm not, uh, it's not working yeah, out, yeah, right?" Yeah. This is where he's still trying to like not have it happen again in mm-hmm. his mind, right? And then, but that damn tramp. Yes. Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go right to the weird couple studying in the in the yeah in the what room. the fuck is this yeah. scene i do not understand this scene so this, this couple <laughs> with the come chocolates in. yes this couple come in they're like eating chocolate truffles off of one another nearly like, choking b- like big chocolate truffles and now i will i will say this from my understanding of adult movies from what i've heard uh-huh the way the guy acts in these scenes i'm like all right, this might actually be an adult movie. Like, that's yeah. his level of acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did forget one scene before that, oh, though. God. Is it an important scene? It is. <laughs> is this such that, a thing it's in not this that room? important. It, we forget the scene where she answers the door and it's Denny. Oh, yeah. And he asked to kiss her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole scene. That was the scene. Well, will you tell uh, Johnny that I came around? And then he left. And then he's like, God. Now, okay, but let's let's give it up to Denny to give credit where credit's due. At least he asked. At least yes, he did true. ask. He goes, can I kiss you? No. And she's like, go away, you brat. <laughs> what is this dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And then we get into the... We do not hear her scene. And then the random couple. Yeah. And I'm like, so the the thing is, is at first I'm like, is this his idea of comic relief? Because remember, this is supposed to be a serious movie. Yeah. Is the scene with the couple with the chocolates comic relief? Because then the mother comes in and then he has to run back and grab his underwear. Yeah. Because they get caught. Yeah. And it's just awkward. The whole thing is awkward. It's so weird. Like, 
Lisa like tries to explain it off. It's oh, it's our two friends that just come around to like quote unquote study, even though we all know that they're having sex on our couch. Yeah, like and that's supposed to be like a natural thing. Well, and it's a really weird acting choice by the mother in this scene. Yes, because <laughs> she seems really angry and like disgusted that this this room of the wonderful Johnny is being used for such perversions. <laughs> And, like, really judgy, right? <laughs> and then, like, he comes in, gets his underwear, and is like, oh, no, my underwear. And then she and, and Lisa just like start, laughing. start laughing, like, <laughs> oh. And then later on in the movie, she's like, oh, there are those perverts. I couldn't tell... <laughs> I couldn't tell in that scene if the, if the mother wanted like wanted to laugh or it just like happened yeah and then and then the the editor was like i can't we're not we'll just leave that in there and then we get into the scene where we get into the denny with drug scene well, and this we, was well the- hold on we should talk about the p- fact that he goes in and gets the underwear and then like oh yeah you're right and johnny like tries to you or he uses this as a scene in order to try to fr- like show that mark is in like being is the love partner of Lisa. Yes. Because then they're in the alley playing football. Oh, God. And I don't even remember what uh, study buddy's name was. Mike. But it, Mike, thank you. Mike says, I left my underwear in there. And then all of a sudden, Mark, like, punches him, like, throws him into a bunch of garbage cans. Yeah. And, like, stands him up and, like, walks him away. And, like, I think... I think that that was supposed to be his, like, it's supposed to be more clear that that's his underwear, but it's not really brought up. Well, the other, but the other part with that, that weird football scene, because that actually hasn't happened yet, is that you did notice that every time they played football without somebody that was in the core group, that person falls down and gets hurt. Yeah. (laughs) I did not notice that, but that's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, now you mention it. Now that you mention it, I I totally see it. When when I watch this movie later, I am pointing that out to Aaron. (laughs) uh, I I jumped ahead because, like, that's... I feel like that's the reason why they put that weird study buddy scene into that in there so that he could find Mark's underwear and then it just is not developed well. Well, that's what I thought as he was going to say. I grabbed the underwear and he realized I was still wearing it. But he didn't didn't even say that really, did he? Yeah, he didn't even take off his underwear either. Yeah. Like in the the study buddy scene, like he only got his shirt off, right? Yeah. Yeah, only got his shirt off. I, yeah, it's so. it's all weird. <laughs> Again, the listener might think if they've not seen this movie that we are jumping around. We we're not. not. We're not really jumping around. <laughs> we're not jumping around. And if you're around. thinking, well, yeah, but what what's the plot progression? We already told you. We've already told you. There is none. <laughs> there is none. And then we get into the Denny's on drug scene. Oh, and my. this was my first scene ever with the room. Yeah. So it's a whole. It holds a, a, it, a great place in my heart. This it is, became this is last my favorite night, scene. My favorite scene. <laughs> this is probably my favorite yeah. scene too. <laughs> and we have, what's his name? R. Sean R. Chris R. Chris R. Chris, Chris R. R. And Chris R. Comes in. <laughs> And like Denny's just standing on the roof. Once again, we're like, back on the roof, with anticipating the green something. And, and you can tell this dude's a bad dude because he's wearing a, a white vest and a beanie. And a beanie, exactly. In summer. In the summer. Mm-hmm. In well, San it is San Francisco. Francisco. It can true. be a little windy. This no, is no. true. This hey, is true. hey, hey! Keep you know what? Warm. There is no winter colder than summer in San Francisco, mm. according to Mark Twain. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, thank you, Mark. Th- totally okay. Thank, thank you for raising the culture on this podcast <laughs> for one second because it's about to go right back. Down. And then we get into Denny. <laughs> Where's my money? I'll have it for you in five minutes. <laughs> Where is my money, Denny? We'll have it. Just give me some time to get you the money. And then he, 
busts out a beautiful shiny silver gun and puts it to his head. Holding it sideways. Sideways. That's a kill shot. Kill shot. Right to his head. And he's like, where's my money, Denny? And he's crying. And then to the rescue, Lisa and Johnny come running in. And Lisa's and, mom. And Lisa's mom. <laughs> and Mark. And Mark. And Mark. Now, they all just come running in. And they, like, rip this guy off of him with a gun. To his head. To his head. With a finger and on the point trigger. Blake with his finger <laughs> under the trigger. The guy doesn't pull the trigger. And they just walk him out. <laughs> Like not, like, not down the stairs, either. Like, off to the side of the scene. Yeah, they yeah. just walk him out. And they... No, they, they do walk him into the, like, the shed thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, at that time, it's Mark and Johnny take him down into the shed. And then we have Mom and the and Lisa. I just realized the, why this scene's important. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, let's hear it. The ending. Yes. That's where Mark gets the... Oh, I didn't realize that's where Johnny gets the gun. <laughs> uh. All right. Tommy Wiseau, I'm giving you this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sorry, sorry, so, sorry to interrupt, but like that, that just suddenly popped into my head. So he, come, he goes into the shed and he disappears. And then all of a sudden there's the, what are you using? What are you all money for? And this is... I bought, I bought some drugs. I bought some drugs. What kind of drugs, Denny? You're what not my fucking drugs? mother. <laughs> what kind of drugs, Denny? <laughs> what kind of money? American. <laughs> <laughs> what drugs do you have, Denny? I mean, tell me why Zone might need euros. None of us are fucking sure. <laughs> why are you using drugs? <laughs> You're not my fucking He's... mother. <laughs> He's a bad man. And then Lisa very gently places his head on her bosom to yeah. comfort him. And it's like the greatest moment of his life. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the end of the scene. That, that's the end of the scene. But we suddenly established, because spoiler, Johnny shoots himself. That's where the gun comes in. So, all right, Tommy, scene, you get one point for that scene. But it is probably one of my favorite scenes because for, not only is... This probably the least monotone acting in the entire <laughs> yes. sh- in the entire s- yes. show, yep. right? But even then, it is done so poorly, so poorly. It's just all over the place. It's all over the place. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's all uncomfortable, and we never figure out what kind of drugs Denny's doing, and it never comes up again. Or what kind of money? Or what kind of money? Or how much he owes him? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Chris R, we never see him. We he, never see Chris R. I, I was expecting him to get invited to the birthday party. Yeah. None of it. He gets, you well, know, portrayed he, by Zac Efron in the disaster artist. <laughs> Who knows? Who Lisa, knows? Lisa only invited Johnny's friends to the birthday party. It's true. I don't know if Chris R. That is so Johnny's smart of you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get in from there. <laughs> and uh, I just needed some money to pay some stuff off. So you what bought, kind of money? So you bought drugs, but then you needed the money to pay some stuff off. <laughs> Hadn't you already paid for the drugs, or were you selling the drugs? Well, you probably he was probably taking a loan out to you, to sell the drugs. Wasn't the first taste free? I don't know. Anyway. So so here's the first inconsistency, right? Because we're now oh, in the girlfriend. The cat. first, the first. Now, so you've already so, said you've already many, used many that phrase, so right, my friend. But here's another inconsistency because we're now the next scene is the girlfriend chat, her and her friend, oh, right? And the and and it's the girlfriend chat where she says that Johnny hit Madeline. her. Madeline. Yes. 
and and she says that Johnny hit her, yeah. right? And so this is that scene that should have come probably before he comes busting up on the scene. So when I did not hit her, but because at least then you could connect them. Well, right? that, and then a scene after that where she's hanging out with her boyfriend slash husband who cannot act, going, "Oh man, you hear about Johnny? Apparently he hit Lisa." Yeah, and that gets around the friends. Then you get the "I did not hit her," but what do I know? I just studied cinema <laughs> in school. <laughs> yes. So, so we're, the timeline is so broken here, and here's a place where it could have all been put yeah. together with some correct editing mm-hmm. but once again i think that johnny was probably i'm sorry tommy was included in which is johnny and which would have been included in that and was like no we need the scene here yeah right because all it would have taken is just some swapping because none of these scenes really like need to up. be in any real order yeah just at least a little bit before another if you had the ability and like a dvd player to put this movie on shuffle like you would a cd you would still <laughs> feel like the you watched the same understanding movie. <laughs> of <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Unless the uh, suicide scene gets thrown well, randomly in there. <laughs> although, I will say, one thing we missed about the in very beginning of this movie that I want to bring up. You know how movies these days have like 20 production logos? Well, <laughs> there are two production logos for the exact same company and then the opening credit for wiseo films and then the opening like on the black screen credit is wiseo films so it's technically three yeah there's three <laughs> so, mentions of wiseo films yeah. before you even get to the opening credits and if that isn't a forewarning for you <laughs> there you go and then we we get done with that and then we get into the next scene which is the argument oh the arguments the argument where he actually starts to try to defend himself from saying he did not hit her yeah right and so and probably the most iconic <laughs> line <laughs> in the entire film it, it, it's it's iconic because it is mirroring an iconic performance by one <laughs> james dean in um rebel without a cause Re- no, no is it rebel yes it is rebel without yeah. a cause where he screams at his parents, you're tearing me apart. Which, if you haven't seen Rebel Without a Cause... Great movie. Fantastic it is movie. one of the best movies you'll not, ever see. Not the movie we're talking about right now. Not the movie we're talking about. But <laughs> uh, So in The Disaster Artist, it's shown that Greg, who plays Mark, otherwise known as Babyface, um, shows Tommy Wiseau this movie. And they, they obviously show that iconic moment. And so I'm, I'm going to hand it back over to you guys because... Tommy really wants to have his James Dean moment. And he does. He does. He does. And, and here's the key. Does he? <laughs> oh, he does. Because it's on every t-shirt if you go to whysoho.com. Oh, <laughs> Everything's on sale right now, folks. 25% off. I was looking this morning. I was looking for a Christmas gift for Tyler. <laughs> you know they sell the tie. Oh. Tie. <laughs> He, they, first of all, this uh, this argument is very, very one-sided very. in that she is, like, hysterical telling him, what are you being this way? And she's, like, get, and he's, like, actually generally in this argument pretty calm. Yeah. Right? He's, like, no, I did not hear you. We had a good time last night. Why are you getting on the edge? Why are you being so mean to me? Like, it, she's, like, you know, going she's at him. She's almost too evil at too this evil point. Too evil at this point. She's just, you know, she's pushing a his butt. A fourth kind of woman. Yes. No. Because yes. there's evil no. and now 
to evil. <laughs> so no, there's just evil. Once there's you become just, evil, you there's you, you, no more you're, hierarchies. You're like you're Darth yeah, Vadering just, it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So she's she's pushing the buttons, right? And then he just drops into the You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> ah! And he throws himself on the, the couch. Yes. And uh, and, and I, it is if you YouTube it. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh. You will get a million hits on it. <laughs> it is a scene that everybody should see because of its sheer and utter ridiculousness. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is up there with the greatest lines of, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. No, I am your father. It is that level of just wonderfulness. It, only if you were looking at it, if you wanted examples of the worst example yes. how not to do how it how not yes. to do things yeah. it was so good so have you do you know the famous scene from trolls 2 oh my god they're eating him and now yeah. they're going to eat me what Wait, would what you, okay so <laughs> what i, I have am, kids oh, okay. so what i'm going to do i is, know but andrew doesn't that's why i'm like he loves disney oh no oh, no, 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 no not 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 trolls the the infamous low budget horror movie trolls 2 mm. No. No, Troll 2. Oh, is it Not Troll Trolls 2. 2. Troll 2. 2. Which is up there with the room in one of the worst movies ever made. Wait, is that on Netflix? Probably. Probably. I think I might have seen that movie. So, it's real bad. There's this line reading. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! What would you say is the better line reading? <laughs> and I need, I need reasons. I'm, I'm actually going to go with Troll 2 on this. Oh, wow. And the reason is, don't get me wrong, we are talking about The Room, and this is probably one of the quintessential lines. <laughs> yeah. but, but in Troll 2, it really is the line that makes that movie. Yeah. And whereas you go with The Room, there's... A million more lines. Good doggy. Yeah, good doggy. Good doggy. You're my favorite customer. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. Chip, 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 chip. Which we haven't even talked about. Oh, my God. Which we haven't even got to. The football. There's just so much in this one, whereas Troll 2, like, that is the iconic line. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So that's my thought on it. I'd love to hear your other side of that. You know, I would go with this line of, you'll tear me apart, Lisa, because I think in Troll 2... If you know the story of Troll 2, which there's a great documentary on it, like the filmmakers didn't speak English, so I think the kid was just getting really bad direction. And he wasn't that good an actor. Whereas, <laughs> so he's just kind of like reading the lines. Whereas Tommy right now is living the line. The amount of passion he puts into screaming <laughs> that. Oh, it's just James Dean on his best day oh my god please don't <laughs> you don't watch a lot of james dean movies do you there's only there's three, no, there's only three. There's not a lot. <laughs> well guess what for tommy wasso there's only one there's only <laughs> there one. Can only be one so yeah so i i would i would give it up to tommy yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll take it i'll yeah. take it but i i will say uh you know if we decide to do another show, we will do Troll 2. Well, I think we now need to do Troll 2. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or Jaws 3. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that with the Weekend at Bernie's 2 and the Boondock Saints 2? We do need to make a sequel show. <laughs> yeah, because you know that uh, Jaws 3. Oh. oh All right. Oh. So t- the scene in the alley with the football. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> 
So who's new to this? Is it Mike? Is that who's new to the group? Yeah, so he's new to the group at the point. He's the kid that grabbed his underwear. Yeah. Right? This yep. is the scene in the alley with the underwear guy. Mm-hmm. And it starts off in a conversation with him and Tommy, and he's telling the story about the underwear. And you think that he's going to tell a story that he found these underwear and mm-hmm. that he had them, they weren't his underwear. And that's not really what he says. No. <laughs> no, he literally just recaps the scene that we as an audience have already seen. And he's like, ah, ha, 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 so funny. Ah, yeah. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you are doing it on my couch. Ha, 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 ha. Right? I'm not going to get a black do? light. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to is at least with the room you could just change the sheets yeah this is true this is true <laughs> exactly yeah and then we you get that and then denny shows up with the football oh, with mark and then they just start and this is an alley that is also <clears throat> once a production studio alley this is not even though there's alley. a literal alley outside yes there's a little alley outside of the room that they could just shot have shot this in yeah they built an alley in the studio and shot there and they're like, let's play football. And they go to play football. And the thing is, is that you can't, because it's a single shot, they can't actually get far enough away to even make it look like they're throwing football. They're like doing yeah. like Australian rules or like rugby throws where they're like spinning well, it on their side, like throwing an underhand. I'll tell you what the scene reminded me of. And I, in a weird way, I don't mean it as a slam. It reminded me of early Kevin Smith. Because Kevin Smith, especially in Clerks, yeah. he never moves the camera because mm. they couldn't. And so, like, you always had this really weird blocking in, like, some of his films. And so when I was watching last night, I was like, Kevin Smith directed this. this. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be ironic, Kevin Smith. Yeah, I, I get that. But at least Kevin Smith, when he did have weird blocking, he filled it up with decent dialogue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas this is just, like, ridiculous dialogue, a football scene that, like, why would you want to pay, play catch in this? Yeah. And then they just, like, it's like, imagine we, we are sitting in a room in Andrew's basement right now, <laughs> and it's got low ceilings, mm-hmm. and it's got a table with a bunch of microphones around it with a with a board that we're recording <clears> this <throat> podcast on, and imagine if we were sitting around this table trying to throw a football to one another. Yep. Yep. That is what this scene would it's, feel it's like. It's a very small Ikea table just Exa- to yes. really <laughs> yes. hammer the point home. Yes. And so if we were, like, throwing that to each other, then you're, like, in the right setup for this scene. Yeah. Because it, it is that tight of a space, and they're throwing this, and then out of nowhere, Mark just kind of... shoves fucking Mike to the sho- Yeah. <laughs> just- shoves Mike <laughs> through the garbage can, and he lands on the ground, and he's like, oh, are you hurt? And Mark's, then- Mark's Von Miller, and Mike is Cam Newton in Super Bowl 50. <laughs> And just <laughs> obliterates him. <laughs> First Alex two Smith minutes into the blows season. his knee out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Career-ending leg break. <laughs> for for some of our listeners, we're referencing sport. Sport. <laughs> and so, and then they, and then that's the end of the scene, right? Yeah. Is yeah. he falls down? It's just a, Mark like escorts him away, and that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, then after the football scene, we get. Uh, um, Peter. Oh, this is oh, the like therapist. The therapist. therapist. The psychologist is a psychologist. Wait, no, he's a therapist. No, wait, he's a psychologist. Wait, are you paying me? No, I'm not paying. Wait, so, like what? Well, so this like... is a weird scene. You walk in and you have Tommy sitting by the. Yeah. Sorry, it's not Tommy. Johnny sitting by the, by the, uh, by the fireplace, <laughs> fireplace. With, with this guy who's kind of like wearing glasses and a full-on suit. So you and can They're tell like he's having smart. whiskey together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though Johnny doesn't drink. Yes. Very Johnny important. doesn't drink, but they're drinking. Yep. And we don't know who this guy is. He's never been introduced. He's just <laughs> randomly sitting there with this guy. Yeah. 
and they're and he starts to talk about how he thinks Lisa's cheating on him. We didn't talk about the scene where Tommy's sitting under the stairs and here's his here's Lisa say to her mother that she hasn't been faithful and he overhears them and then he goes and puts the tape in the recorder. Oh yeah, he he basically wiretaps the house with like a cassette, cassette tape. tape that probably only has an hour and a half of yeah films. Uh, or keep in mind recorded. it's a phone tap. Two thousand three, but yeah, you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a cassette tape phone tap and she still has a wired landline. Yeah. Nobody has cell phones except for Mark. Mm -hmm. And then she goes and he goes and puts the tape in and hits record. And the reason it doesn't is because it only records when they're on the phone. Uh, it's a phone tap. Uh, so when she gets okay. on the phone, it's supposed to start recording. I, I thought that they were, he was recording the room. No, he was recording <laughs> Which would have made phone. a lot more sense in the entire, like, name of the film, entire, like, plot no, of the movie. No, he's just recording the phone. That, which is why when we get to the scene, when he plays the tape... Yeah. I mean, it only has that one yeah, part. Yeah, I get it now. Okay. So <laughs> he goes and records, and he puts the tape in. That happened before the football scene. Yeah. But the point is, so he, he now knows, knows. He now knows that she's not being faithful, but she, he doesn't know with who. Yeah. Right? He has no proof, but he's got his, his, his doubts. And now he's talking to Peter while they're having whiskey by the fireplace. Non-alcoholic whiskey. Non-alcoholic whiskey. Yeah, I'm sure, because he doesn't drink. Cold tea. Mm -hmm. Cold tea. And uh, and and the, he lets him know that he's a, he tells us that oh yeah Peter you're my friend you're a psychologist well yeah but I'm your friend I shouldn't you know all I've been telling you is you know you guys should probably just you know you should talk to her about it right he's the only rational person in this entire show stop being such a psychologist yes <laughs> you just wanted him to be, be <laughs> you just wanted his advice and then Mark ah. comes in and then this him and Mark. And Peter, the psychologist. Mm -hmm. Which somehow I get the vibe that Mark doesn't like Peter for, I don't know why, but I just got that vibe when Mark walked in the room. Yep. Yeah. And then they were talking and, and Mark is kind of talking about how he's been dating a girl that might be married and <sighs> and is, he's not really comfortable about it. He's kind of beating around the bush. Tommy not really, or Johnny not really trying to push into it anymore yeah. he's just like oh you'll be fine you just just find you another girl you you're so young and and, and single just do what you gotta do there are three type of women yeah this is when they're back up on the roof no they haven't gone to the roof oh, yet okay, they're they just sitting around the fireplace and um, then listeners are like can we just get up to the fucking roof <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes he goes well i'm out of here and he walks out yeah and then peter follows him onto the roof yeah and then he accuses him of <laughs> hooking up with lisa and then we have the he holds him over the edge of the thing and is about to throw because him off the because field. Mark has been smoking the ganja the ganja oh, oh yes. I forgot about the ganja oh, the ganja why are you smoking that stuff you know it's bad you for know you. it's bad the ultimate gateway <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden we turn into a PSA <laughs> well Denny was the one doing drugs I don't get yeah. it. well he was buying the drugs and then sold them to Mark oh. I'm guessing that's probably what happened here. Point number two, Tommy. <laughs> Point number two. Really, this movie is not about infidelity. This movie is The Wire, as told by Tommy Wiseau. This movie, you just have to try to find the connections to each scene. So then he, so then he holds him over the edge of the building, and he's got it's him over the, the edge. And, he's, and, he, and then he lets him back onto the roof. Yeah. And then he, he about kills this guy. <laughs> he literally almost kills this guy, and the guy's like, oh, you know, what can I do to help you, man? <laughs> <laughs> he's like still very rational very, very rational, rational. Very and, rational. And, but but like 
It still, like, cares about his friend after his friend almost threw him off the roof of the building. He knew his friend was in his right mind. He was on the dope. He was on the dope. (laughs) So the next scene, is is the next scene the one where they're all in tuxedos? What I love is, like, we can't just be like, oh, and then this happens, this happens. We're like, oh, wait, so is this the next scene? Yeah, Yeah, there's no timeline. Because I could talk about any of these scenes out of order, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, right. And then, because the next one is the tuxedo scene, right? Because I'm like, well, oh, because Mark getting, shaves his face. Yes, and they're all in tuxedos, and I'm like, oh, they're either getting wedding, like we've skipped, I don't know, a month into the future, and they're like getting ready for his wedding. No, photos or, for the wedding. Oh, is that what it's what wedding is? photos? Okay, and they're in the tuxedos. <laughs> that and, and was Mark that ever mentioned? Man. It is mentioned. He goes, I oh yeah, we're getting ready that. for the photos, and and they're getting their photos, and that's when you first hear the. And hold on, quick pause. If you get married, you have photos on the same day as your wedding. Unless you're doing, like, the um, the stuff with your wife. No, and they that... do engagement photos pre. But you, yes, but the but men like, always do their photos on the but, day of the wedding. But the engagement photos are with you and your spe- like significant other. You're not doing them with the wedding party. No. 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 So well, that's bridal photos. Bridal, whoa, whoa, whoa. bridal photos <laughs> happen before, right? Well, like, yeah. Like, but it's only, like... Her and her dress, and, the, my, and my point, I'm not involved. Welcome to is, pop culture weddings. Yes. My point is, there should not be four other people in tuxes for engagement photo shoot. <laughs> yes, there shouldn't be. But, so, so we are I don't know a lot about weddings, but I know that much. I love how fucking contentious this just got. <laughs> we have no idea. They're, all we know is they're taking photos just, for the wedding of some sort, yeah, and they're I, wearing tuxes. I just turned up to my wedding day and stood where I was told. <laughs> So after he tries to push him off the building, and of course, the, I forgot, in that scene with Peter is the first time we hear the ch- chicken. He's like, whenever Tommy says, are you a chicken? He goes, are you a chicken? So that's the first time we hear that line in the movie. Is he a big Arrested Development fan? Oh, Has anyone in this family actually heard a chicken? Well, so the one thing I want to talk about this scene is because like they make a big deal about Mark coming in, who up until this point has had a beard, and then he comes in, he's clean-shaven, and Tommy gets to be like, what's up, baby face? <laughs> and according to the disaster artist, is the reason he was made to shave was um, in the movie, I'll just say the movie version, Like he runs into Brian Cranston, who's connected to his girlfriend. Brian Cranston's like, oh, hey, I'm directing Malcolm in the Middle next week. I need a, a lumberjack-looking guy. Do you want to do it? because love the bid and so um greg goes and says oh hey can i get a day off next week because i've got this really great break and tommy says no and then changes the script so he has to shave his beard so he then can't do malcolm in the middle oh how how evil So evil. So evil so evil such a dickhead move but like and in the context of the movie Zero sense. Yeah. Zero sense. Nope. He comes in, he's got a shaven face, and he's like, hello, baby face! Yeah. And then the rest of the film, he's clean shaven. And, and it makes no sense, because it would have made sense, like, had there been a scene, like, he's with Lisa, and she's, like, struggling a bit, it's like, oh, I really love a clean shaven man. And then he does it, you're like, oh, Mark, that tramp has gotten to you. Yeah. But no, <laughs> it's just a random decision. I'm going to shave my beard. For yes. the wedding. For the, for the wedding. wedding. For the photos. For the and, photos. And then we get into 
they're in an outdoor scene with the football. <laughs> yes. And uh, they're throwing the football. And Peter's in this one. Yep. And so they're throwing the football with nerd. Peter. The nerd. And uh, if there's a little... Peter, they're like, come on, Peter. And he's like, I don't want to play football. And then they're like, oh, what are you, chicken? Cheep, 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 cheep. Well, because it's Denny who's being a whiny little brat. Like, come on. I want to go play football. Yeah, that is what it's like. <laughs> and I was just like, go to hell. <laughs> And then they start throwing the football, and who falls down? Peter. Peter. Because if you're outside the, the core group of this movie, you fall down playing football. <laughs> <laughs> you're now starting to see the buddy relationship between Mark and, and Johnny, right? The, these next few scenes are kind of showing that... Where they're, like, having weird tumble scenes in a park, and then they go running. Is that... Yes, yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> so, but first, we, we've got the... the they're having a, they're, they're in a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. And they go in and, and they order, and eat. there's this whole thing about somebody ordering cheesecake. She's offering cheesecake to everybody, and and they <laughs> okay. and, and they oh one of the background extras oh, yeah. my, in that scene. My wife pointed this out immediately. Is, uh, <laughs> an actor from the show Bones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the first guy at this counter before the before. Mark and if and you're if you're counter. Bones fans, he's the guy who begins really angry and has an elastic band on his wrist that he snaps, and then three episodes later, that's forgotten. That's, that's for him. the that's for the Bones fans, which is perfect because you know this is a movie where lots of things are forgotten. Yeah, it's so, kind of wonderful. Kind of wonderful, and and so they go through this entire ordering process and they order some drinks and he drinks hot chocolate. Oh, I have a hot chocolate, and then and it's him and Mark and they go and they sit at a table. And he's like, "Oh, how's work? Uh, you know, I didn't get my promotion. This and that. So tell me about your sex life." <laughs> I, I don't find that weird. Whenever Tyler comes over, like, Tyler, tell me about your sex life. And he's like, hey, how's that sex life? And, I'm like, okay, buddy. Like, and, and Tyler's like, well, I tried to coax her onto the stairs again. <laughs> in, our, in our one floor condo. One floor condo. <laughs> I guess it'd be in the public space. It'd be in the public and, space. <laughs> <laughs> or our basement stairs. So anyway, how's your sex life? Oh, wait, wait. I got a call from work. I got to go. And then he just leaves. Yeah. And then uh, Mark then turns around and goes and has sex with Lisa. So yeah. we now know what is going on in his sex life. And yeah, he just shows up. They have random sex. Yeah. And so we got another. Softcore porn. Softcore porn. Have, have, have we found out why Lisa's unemployed yet? I don't know. Because remember, he tells the story. And we didn't talk about this. He tells the story about how when he met Lisa... Right. Oh, and it's like, oh, it's a really interesting story. I met her, and how's that <laughs> I, interesting? I saw, I saw her, I saw her. I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, even even if wait, we haven't gotten to it, yet. one of the actors, hold on, one of the actors was like, wait, when's the interesting part? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so even if we haven't got to it yet, we find out why Lisa is unemployed and therefore reliant on Johnny, and why her mother is like, "You do not leave him, bitch." And it's because <sighs> Johnny's right. The computer business is really hard. <laughs> Again, what? Two, <laughs> two thousand three. Now, noting that the internet wasn't the internet that we have now. But it wasn't new. Well, it's no, not it's the always, internet business. It was post.com crash. It was post.com crash. Yeah. Post crash. Well, it's also not the internet business. It's the computer business. This is true. This is yeah. true. So, um, yeah. So that's why Lisa is unemployed and therefore reliant on Johnny. And, yeah. Except randomly at some scene, she's like, oh, I have I have a call from work. Or so. She said, or I have to go have a sketch. Like, I, I need to go do something for work. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a meeting I've got to prepare for. Yeah, that's right. She yeah. has a meeting that she needs to go and prepare for. And we're all for like, work. And you're like for the computer business? 
she's for just, the unemployment she's office. She's having a really tough time in the computer business yeah. right now. It's really tough. Right? Really tough. She's a freelancer. That's probably what it is. And, she's and a she's, contractor. She's a contractor. She is in San Francisco, so there's got to be the computer business. I, in I just San like to think she has a bunch of like old gateway computers in the back of her car. She's like <laughs> driving around, like, "Hey, I've got these computers for sale." Well, and then we have the, that that scene where he talks about how when they met, he's like, "I didn't have a dollar in my pocket, and she bought me dinner, and I had to. She paid for the check. Yeah, like like he would be offended that a woman had to pay for the check for him because John. There is are three such types of women. Guy. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, did that make her too clever? Did it make no, no, no. her dumb, or was it a move of evil? It was a move of evil. <laughs> All of them. All of them. No, no, no. 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 This movie. Is only a move of evil. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like Lisa, like in this movie, like if if one is to be really cultured, she makes Lady Macbeth seem reasonable. Like, <laughs> she is so like in in Johnny's world, she is so fucking evil for no, no reason. reason. There's no, reason. no end game here. None. And the end game is because I just want to do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and Johnny's not exactly and at no point do you see Johnny be like hey babe you're spending too much like at no point does he like other than you're tearing me apart like reprimand her for her lifestyle tell her that she's spending too much drinking too much hanging out with her friends too much he thinks she's on a pedestal and she can do whatever the hell she likes throughout the entire movie if anybody's spending too much it's it's him it's him I mean he's going to flower shops every day he yeah bought, like a little scantily clad red, red dress. dress instead of working he's instead sleeping working. with his girlfriend in the middle of the yeah, day I mean yeah, yeah he's the one with the issues he she, has a lot of issues I like to think he's in a lot of credit card debt because <laughs> <laughs> he's paying because he's paying for Denny's college I was just saying and also one can only assume that he bought the football yeah because it's revealed he's paying for Denny's college and paying for like Denny's who's apartment who's 16 it's weird and then we get into after the sex scene with Lisa, then they go back to the park. More football in the park. Mm-hmm. We're now not just football outside. We're now football in the park. It, and it's like random tumbling scenes, though. Yes. It's like very weird. Very weird. <laughs> little, there's a chicken in there with a little cheep, 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 cheep. And it's like a and... sky shot of them playing football. It's like not even up close. It's yeah. like, oh, I think that's them over there on the hill <laughs> playing football. <laughs> wait, wait, does, he, does he look like a vampire? Yep, that's yep, him. That's him. Yep, that's him. That's him. That's him. Like Actually, vampire. speaking of vampire, there is a deleted subplot that he wanted to do where it revealed he was a vampire and he makes his car fly, but they couldn't work out how uh, to do it, so he dropped it. would have made the movie so much better. <laughs> I, I would have loved that like Grease ending when the car just starts flying at the end of Grease because Sandy's dead and this is all just a fever dream. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> she drowned on the beach, it look it up, people. Like I would have loved it if, like, after he shot himself, he like rose from the dead and goes, "Okay, okay," and just looks out again. <laughs> so then we get into the random race in the park where him and Mark are just going for a run. Yep, and it's just a running scene of him and Mark, no Up apparent reason. And then that night. The birthday party. The birthday party. So there's the they're just putting the things together. She's getting it ready, and the subplot is really starting to pull together. Right, there is a plot <laughs> kind of pulling together, and here it is. It is she's being evil, of course, and she's being more 
flaunting with her mark love mm. in front of people and they're getting caught now yes. and she's like she don't care she just doesn't care anymore and lots of people are remarking remarking on this. but nobody's saying anything to johnny <laughs> Nobody's even talked to him about it. But they've all caught her and Mark frolicking. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to get involved. Have we talk- Is this where they go, hey, everybody, let's go outside. And then they go outside and Mark and her stay back and start like making out on the couch. And then yeah. We haven't got ran- that far okay. yet. But, but <laughs> like, it is, we're, it is we're in the okay. minutes all right. of that, right? Okay. This we're, is- we're, in the, we're in the final stretch. Thank we're in the God. final stretch here. And so we, we, she's just getting ready. She's with her mother. And then her friend comes in and she's talking to her friend about it, right? And then she's... Madeline. Madeline. And Madeline is like... I, what, do, do they have names? I have mother, friend. That's all you need. Well, and then you got Madeline's husband, yes. who suddenly is a right chatty Cathy. Yes. And has, like, most of the lines in the scene, where, again, because <laughs> he's going to Lisa being like... Hey, can we have fuck on your couch? Yeah. No, because he's like, no, it's a different guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I think Madeline's cheating on her husband <laughs> well, with, with, with underwear guy. And he's, like, going up to her going, hey, what are you doing? You're really going to hurt johnny he's a great guy and i'm like more affirmation more affirmation on how great of a guy johnny is yeah and it just like he suddenly is in every shot of this party yes no this is this is the random guy that walks in right yeah no one has any idea who that is no i thought it was madeline's husband i thought she was carrying on with underwear guy behind her back i don't think thought that was her brother i think it's madeline's Uh, brother maybe i think that that sounds more right because i thought it was implied during a piece of dialogue between madeline and lisa (laughs) where man was like oh you're so bad and lisa says something along the lines like i'm no worse than you and she's like yeah but i'm not gonna hurt anyone so i'm just assuming oh open relationship maybe yeah so who knows? That, that, who that's, knows? that's that's Could what that i too. that's what i took from it but oh. that woman again is a harlot because she's treating a man badly treating there's, her man like badly. A, there's three types of women three types of women. <laughs> types of women and then we got and then from there we go into the party yeah and the party has pretty much everybody who's even starred in this movie at any point <laughs> is at the party oh, wow you invited all my friends good thinking good babe and that is pretty much how excited he is about his surprise party. I shit you not, actual line, actual delivery. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, because when, when I have birthday parties thrown, people that throw them for me generally invite my mortal enemies. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I know. I, I see, I see you cringe bit. whenever I'm at one of your parties. Yeah, like, <laughs> damn it, Andrew's here again? God damn. <laughs> Lauren, invite my friends. <laughs> and then we get into the, the party scene and there's the subplots going on. Where we have everybody knows, but nobody's mm-hmm. saying anything to Johnny. And she's <laughs> winking and, and kind of g- googly-eyeing at Mark. And he's feeling uncomfortable because he's at this party. And then out of nowhere, she's like, all right, everybody, let's just go outside. Yeah. And then the whole party goes outside. <laughs> and then she stays back with Mark. They make out on the couch. And then they get caught. And then a random man that has never showed up in any scene ever in this yeah. movie shows mm-hmm. up, catches them. And we're supposed to, he's very, very offended and affronted by this. Yes, and we're supposed because to... Johnny's a great guy. <laughs> Once again, Johnny's a great guy. And then we go to the scene. Hey, everybody, I got an announcement to make. We're expecting. We're expecting. <laughs> and again, where did he hear this? Because all of a sudden, Madeline's going up to Lisa again. Are you? What? Did you? Are you having a? It's like no. I just told him that. And it's just like, 
Why? Why? I just told him that because I wanted to make it more spicy. We're probably going to end up having kids anyway. And I'm like, all right, I I firmly believe that Johnny doesn't know how long a fetus gestates. That being said, I think even he's smart enough to realize multiple years go by, you're not pregnant. eventually gonna have kids because i'm still gonna go through with the wedding but i'm still gonna sleep with mark on the side and blah blah blah. you know the 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 whole point is they're trying to make her into not only evil but also like just stabbing him and breaking his heart and stomping on it in every way she possibly could by even getting his hopes up that he would have his son I, i just i just realized there is only one decent woman in this entire movie and as I say this, I think she's probably, you know, overcharging for flowers. And that's how she's evil. <laughs> but, but the flower shop lady is the only woman who doesn't draw the ire of Johnny. I'm True. Gl- yeah. well, she, she, you are a best customer. Yeah. I didn't recognize you there. Oh, but you are my best customer. <laughs> I'm legally blind. <laughs> So, she's not at the party either. No. Not no. a flower shop lady at the party. Nor the dog. Nor the, Nor dog. the dog. Oh, hello, dog. Which, if you order enough, I think it's like $26 on TommyWiseau.com, you can get a free plush dog toy. So, just throwing it out there. We are sponsored by TommyWiseau.com. No, Go there not. for all your no, Tommy Wiseau no, needs. No, we're not. We're not. We're not sponsored by him. So then... They go outside, they're expecting, everybody's talking to Lisa about how she's just acting completely insane. She's becoming more overtly upfront about everything. (laughs) She's lost her goddamn mind. She's lost her goddamn mind. (laughs) She's becoming more evil. Because bitches. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it is all coming to a head. Yeah. And then everybody at the party is getting very uncomfortable. And let's go inside for cake. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is, and you know, not not to keep repeating the same joke of three type of women, but like, there is no point to Lisa's evilness. Yeah, there's not. There, there's there's not no a, motivation. None. None. There's no like. If you have a murder, if there's a murder, there has to be the 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 suspect, the weapon, and motive. There is no motive here. So I <laughs> I want to just take so a like true. quick tangent. We were watching a movie the other night on Netflix, and it was called Ibiza, and I forget what the subtitle oh, is. Oh God! And <laughs> you watched that movie? <laughs> it, well, we were just looking for something mindless, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. we like you know we we liked uh, the cast in it. So it's about these three women who go to Ibiza and they're horny, and that's the movie. Yeah. And when we were watching this last night... Has Jon Snow in it? Yeah, has Jon Snow in it. When I was watching this last night, my mind suddenly went to that film. And again, it's a bunch of pointless vignettes that there's no reason like for these people to behaving the way they are. Mm -hmm. But the difference between that movie and this movie is it had more of a budget and people who could act. Yeah. But from an actual storytelling standpoint... It's the same thing. This weirdly has more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like there's a random scene where they're like in ibiza looking over the the coast and life on mars by david bowie is playing mm-hmm. no reason no, no reason, reason. Well, it's weird the thing with this movie is when we were talking about it, it's an hour and 39 minutes we could have the red dress scene 
the first scene where she has sex with Mark, and then this dinner party scene, and the movie could be over. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we would actually have the plot and 15 minutes it, and done. It could have been a good old ABC movie of the week. Yes. 22 yes. minutes. 22 done. minutes. Done. With eight minutes of commercials. Yeah. After school special. Yeah. Yes. After school special. With a lot of nudity. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a different... Wait. Uh, it's like the 2 a.m. special. The 2 a.m. special on HBO. <laughs> yeah. No, Showtime. Or show, Cinemax. 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 <laughs> that, is, that is Skinemax. Yeah. Skinemax. Skinemax hour. So, so, yeah. So, we're at the party. They go in and have the cake. They go in and have They're the cake. They're eating cake. And then it all comes to a head. Oh. It all is starting to spill out. <laughs> and everybody leaves very uncomfortably. Because... Yes. It's now come up that she is not being faithful to him, and everybody's like, "Oh, we're all leaving. This is uncomfortable." And which, to be fair, I would also leave. Yeah, we would to all. To be leave. fair, if Tommy Wozo <laughs> walked into a room, I would leave. I would probably leave. Yes, <laughs> I'd be like, "That man's gonna suck my blood." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, yeah. you want to come to a party? What kind of party? And at vampire party? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> what kind of cash what kind of money <laughs> so everybody leaves his life is in shambles and Tommy is embarrassed on his birthday and locks himself in the restroom Ugh. and heartbreaking. No, heartbreaking heartbreaking he's heartbroken Been there. and knocking on the door is Lisa trying to get him out and in the middle she finally says screw you and she calls her boyfriend well, and like her getting, trying to get him to come out is like the most half-assed thing. Yeah, I've being ever a seen. baby. Like, oh, you're being a baby. Come out. No. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mark. So, <laughs> and, and Mark is fully gone to full-on like evil. Yeah. And he's like, "Come on, babe. I want your bod." <laughs> that is a real line from the All movie. Right. Fine. Come on up. Come on up, babe. Yeah. I want your bod. Which makes it sound like Mark lives in the same building as him. Which has never been established except for that phone I call. I thought he lived in his car. <laughs> Maybe well, he, he lives on the roof. He, he lives on the roof. He lives on the roof. Maybe that's where it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go from the room to the roof. That could be the se- sequel. Is I, the roof. I, the roof. I, I thought the roof <laughs> was the room. Oh. No. 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 The room is covered in drapery. And, and, and the, roof, the roof has got to be the sequel. And photo frames with spoons in them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he... Uh, and then... He's like, I want your bod, babe. And so, <laughs> you may be so uncomfortable saying and that. And then she just leaves. And then he like comes out and he pulls out the tape. And he comes out of the room and she's still in she's still in the house packing. She, she's, yeah, packing. she's packing. She's and... packing. And he pulls out the tape that he had just recorded that phone call and he plays it. <laughs> Which at this point, I mean, it's kind of moot. It, it like, is like, like it is too late. Everybody knows. This is, he knows is not I, I, I am <laughs> such a nerd about this shit. So I, I love cassette tapes. Like I, I used to make so many mixtapes. And so, and you know, because I, I loved high fidelity. But like the fact that he like when he brandishes the tape. It's fully rewound. Yeah. <laughs> there is no recording on it. And he's and he, like waving at her. And he waves it at her. He puts it in the tape player and he plays it. And it's the same conversation that he literally just that, heard from That he just that heard that one side of. The audience have just heard. Yes. <laughs> I just want your bud. <laughs> Stop doing that into my ears. <laughs> and, well, Colton's staring at you while he's saying it. Too. <laughs> and then he goes upstairs. And so, so, and then she like gets so upset that he has a recording in proof that she leaves, and then we get in oh. to the the fi- finale, which is 
the destruction apartment scene where where we've talked about james dean oh god oh this is where this man goes full marlon brando (laughs) (laughs) stella (laughs) and again marlon brando on his best day could not muster the energy (laughs) and the emotion you know how i feel about martin marlon brando so (laughs) i will actually give tommy credit here (laughs) watch him in the wild ones and then obviously streetcar named desire he is phenomenal i I, I know i know And the Godfather. Anyway. Well, still. <laughs> and then he so at this point he destroys the entire the entire apartment with such gusto. Such gusto. He like tries to knock over a dresser, realizes the dresser is really heavy, so he takes out a couple drawers and then knocks out the <laughs> dresser. He's, he puts his arm and clears the top of it yeah. off. Yeah. And he's yelling and he's ripping things <laughs> off the wall. He's like, Ugh! it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger voice yelling. And then he finds the gun. Oh my god, see? You get your points, Tommy. You get your points. He reaches in and he pulls open a little chest and inside is the same gun. See what drugs will do, people. See what drugs yeah, will see, do. See, it destroys families. Denny. Yeah. And it, Stupid Denny. And then we actually have a scene where he puts the gun in his mouth and it shows him pull the trigger. I want to backtrack before, oh, 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 right before that. Go. So he gets the red dress that he gave Lisa at the beginning of the movie. And rips that to pieces. Rips that to Ah, pieces. And then starts rubbing it on his crotch area. He does do that. And then like smells it after that. And there was this great moment in the Disaster Artist we were watching last night. Because the way they film it is that he shoots himself first. And then he gets back up again. And does all like the other shit that we're currently (laughs) witnessing. And he starts like, you know making motions with the red dress and the poor actress is like watching the monster going I was going to take that home (laughs) (laughs) so he does something unspeakable with the red dress and then shoots himself shoots himself in the face and uh, I will have you know that this scene was seen by my children last night. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I, I, as I was giving it a rewatch before we did this recording, I'm sitting in bed and I'm watching the movie and my kids come in and they're like, Dad, I want to go to bed. And my, my eight-year-old is like, Dad, is this the scene where he kills himself? When does he kill himself? He's very into the fact that he's going to kill himself. And then when he does it, he laughed harder than any kid should. <laughs> oh well, and like, in fairness, let's be glad that's the scene he saw. No, yeah, no, totally. He was like, ha, 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 ha. There was a 10% chance that he was going to walk in on the second scene. So. <laughs> totally a 10% chance. And then he kills himself. And then we have... The Mark and Lisa find his dead body uh, scene. Oh, that, I mean, my <clears throat> close second favorite to the drug scene. Really? Oh, because, so, they're trying to revive this guy, right? Now, if, if I was a filmmaker, I would have ended it on an overhead shot of his body and cut to black. Yep. And you would have that tragedy, yeah, right? Yeah, just yeah. him killing himself, it's over. It's over. Wiseau so, doesn't have subtlety. No, he decides to show the and repercussions. So, and really, with one line of dialogue... It becomes a redemption story <laughs> for Mark. Because the So tr- we now know who the true star is. Yeah. The true hero. <laughs> they're, they're trying to revive him. Denny's there crying over the body. And, and being being kind of creepy with the corpse. Not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. Johnny! No! And so 
you know, they're like trying to revive him, and then like Lisa, I forget what she says, and but we can still be together, we right? We can still be together, right? And he goes, "Get away from me, you tramp!" <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, oh, he has redeemed himself. This is like when Darth Vader throws the Emperor into the, the core of the Death Star. It's that level of emotion. Because, you know, she's the woman and she's evil. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's only three types of women. There's only three types of women. <laughs> I would like to. Apo- I would. I would like to apologize to any female listeners that we, we definitely have have um, stuck with us. We do not believe this. No, none of no. us believe this. The point is, is that we're pointing out how misogynistic this yeah. movie truly is. Yeah, it's terrible. And, and in fairness, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen this movie. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you haven't. Ten bucks, Amazon, best money you love us, man. Uh, Don't. And, and I, I will throw out the misogyny in this movie is almost to the level of the uh, the Michael Keaton Batman. Because the, the original Michael Keaton Batman misogyny, when Kim Basinger is with uh, is with the is with the other with the reporter, yeah. and he's constantly sexually harassing her. I'm yeah. like I'm like literally watching this as an HR person at work going. <laughs> You realize you've solicited her 15 times. Right? Um, I'm sorry, in the, the 80s, that was called banter. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the year 2003. It was called harassment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so the fact is, is that the misogyny of this movie and the and really the self, the, the unapologetic, basically self-promotion, which is... Truly what Wasso is amazing at, right? Oh, I mean, it, it's he has made his six million back tenfold on tenfold. this movie. Yeah, tenfold. And if he hasn't, he's done something wrong. No, he, yeah. he's definitely a lot richer from the room. Yeah. And, and definitely one of the worst movies. Uh, this is one of, in the top five worst movies ever made. But it is a thing. Well, so so here's, here's the thing. We need to talk a little bit about the production of it as well. But So no one knows how Wasso made his money. No one knows where he's from. Uh, he has this very thick Eastern European accent. Um, popular theory is he's Polish. But he has a lot of money. So when he was making the movie, he bought all the equipment. Like, he paid for it out of his pocket, and it didn't seem to hurt him. So this guy, like, he he's loaded. So he doesn't need this $6 million. He has since, after the movie came out, and everyone made fun of it... Um, he has since been like, oh, no, it's it's meant to be this. It's meant to be a comedy. And I say, you could not have made this movie this funny if you were trying to be funny. No, you couldn't have. It, the, the fact is, is that this was truly him making the movie he wanted to make. Yeah. Right? There was real passion in this movie. There was real drive. This was actually... A real snapshot into the mind of how Tommy Wiseau views women. Yeah. It is a definitely snapshot into the mind of how he feels movies should be made. Yeah. It is a snapshot into his mind of the movies that he's inspired by. Like <laughs> you've already talked about, you know, Marlon Brando. Yep. You talk about uh, the the you know uh, James, like, Dean. James, James Dean, James Dean, Rebel and Without so, yeah, yeah. He's those are all the things that inspired him because he would you know when he met Babyface, <laughs> it all happened in acting classes. He yeah. wanted to be in movies and these are what he thought 
a movie should be about. Yeah. And then, of course, the way he the, he thinks and, and judges women in this movie and the the uh, the male type of locker room talk, I keep, I'll call it that. Yeah. That is actually how he truly views women. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and to to not give it that is 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 is, is to, to to just be like oh you know it's supposed to be a black comedy no 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 no, no. you can see, don't get me wrong he can market it that way and he can do midnight showings and he's making money off of it yeah. but in the end this is really was his masterpiece because in a weird way for as awful as his opinions are and as awful as his treatment of women is in this movie. There is zero cynicism in this movie. None. In in the sense of like, yes, he's cynical of women, but like his approach to making this movie, there is no irony. There is no like, oh, we're gonna play this scene for laughs. Like this is just like this is Manos Hands of Fate level. Um, another great, awful, awful movie, which I recommend everyone check out because it's hysterical. But like again, that movie is so funny because they're trying so hard to be serious. And that is this was meant to be a serious movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To him, this was a real tragedy, right? Yeah. He was such a good guy. Well, such and a he was good doing guy. all these things. He was providing for her. He was giving <laughs> her all this money. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. she's evil because she's one of three types of women. <laughs> So is this a stupid? You sound like a stupid question, but did this actually happen to him in real life? Is this like where no one knows no one knows the answer? Okay, I'm just gonna assume that this is a very vindictive millionaire that like had this happen to him at one point in his life, and so just went after. I I mean that that could only be the assumption. That's the only level of vindictiveness that you can reach. Like I just don't know how you write this movie without having, like having gone through an affair or something like that. Well, and the amazing thing about it is considering how cultish this now is and considering, like, how famous he is because of this, like, someone out there could make a lot of money by being... Uh, was the inspiration for Lisa? But never has come and up. And never has come up. And, and it's because he's killed her. The, the only it's very possible. <laughs> the only other person who's made money off of this movie <clears throat> is Greg slash Mark Babyface because... He wrote the book, The Disaster Artist, that got turned into a movie. It actually deeply disturbs me that this is a cold classic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw it out there. Like, it just... This is one of those movies that I feel like... It's funny, but it also is deeply disturbing and should not be (laughs) viewed. It's just... It's... Yeah, it's creepy to me. I just really dislike... I don't know. I think of, like the messages that it sends and like if you get people in the wrong state of mind what they could think like oh here's a movie that like person like basically deeply embodies everything that i've gone through and gives me permission permission to do what i want so the good news is that anybody with that type of mentality probably has never even heard or seen the room yeah one can only hope one One can can only only hope. hope but i think the other thing as well is like hopefully because the movie is so bad yeah, you cannot take the message seriously. Yeah, one can only hope. <laughs> one, one, again, one can only hope. But like, I, I mean, I have a weird love of this movie because I love things when you can see real passion behind it, 
and it fails. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. And that sounds really like schadenfreude. But the, the only thing I can equate it to is when you're listening to your favorite band and their shitty demos are better than their studio recordings. Oh yeah. 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 It happens all the time. The same thing. I don't know why. Or another one is, uh, is you're listening to your favorite band and it's, uh, they've been, you know, out of it for 20 years and they're like, Oh, check out our new stuff. And you're like, no, 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 no. I connect with that. As as a modest mouse fan, I I connect with that. (laughs) So, one of my, a couple of my favorite things about the production of the movie, though, um, just to give you his approach and his money spending, was not only did he buy the equipment, but instead of choosing a format to shoot on, he bought, uh, at the time, the top of the line HD digital camera and a 35 millimeter camera and put them side by side and shot them at the exact same time. (laughs) And there's even a line in the movie, the disaster artist was like, you have to light those totally differently. (laughs) And what, when we were watching the movie last night, I was like, he used the 35 millimeter film. Like it's so grainy that is that why everything's out of focus. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's down to the camera guy literally not putting things in focus. <laughs> but, like, when, you, when you're filming on film, the, the biggest factor you can have is the grade and quality of film you're filming on. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you look at British movies during the 70s compared to American movies in the 70s, like, British ones have a lot more grain because we didn't have the budget of an American movie. So, he's buying, like, the shittiest grade 35 mil because he clearly doesn't think it matters. And that's what he went with in the film because the amount of times there's just, like, a bunch of hair in the frame, Mm -hmm. like, the image warps, you can't really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's just so awful, but kind of wonderful at the same time. Well, and he also just kind of going on the Wasso thing when... When you look at uh, uh, the Disaster Artist movie as well, mm-hmm. and uh, who played him? I can't think of his name. Uh, Dave Franco played James Greg, Franco. and James, James Franco, Franco played Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, so uh, James Franco, when he was trying to actually kind of get into character to do it, and they and he would ask questions about you know Tommy's past and things like that. He was when he asked, "Hey, have you talked to Tommy?" He's like, "Yeah, but you can't trust anything he says." Yeah. Right, so that's the general consensus: is that it doesn't. He's so full of bullshit, yeah, that you can't really trust anything he says. And and they do a really great job in the Disaster Artist in the movie of kind of saying because everybody asks those questions: "Hey, where are you from?" And the way he kind of goes, eh, "You know, New Orleans, New Orleans, what?" And he just like the way he kind of just beats around the bush. It's very nice. Yeah, he never really said. It's like, where do you get your money? He never says. Never says. He never, it's like, and, and and that's just generally how it is, right? Yeah. So even if there was an inspiration for Lisa, you would never know if it was right. true or not. Yeah. Right. It's kind of one of those things. One of, one thing I will tell you is I did do some research on Lisa a bit. Oh yeah. And uh, and funny, she was. Very, very embarrassed of the role. The right. actress Juliette Danielle. Yes. She she currently now lives in San Antonio, Texas, is married. She's yeah. a graphic designer. Oh, cool. And uh, she had to build a website for fans of the room to kind of be like, hey, this is actually what my life's like, so please leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Thank God. Good for her. 
<laughs> yeah, because I read a quote by her. She's like, I don't regret doing it because it has opened up other opportunities. The only thing she regrets is the sheer amount of nudity <laughs> that was featured in the film. I can only imagine, like, in her contract, she was like, eh, I'll put only one sex scene. Yeah. And so then Tommy's like, okay, well, there's only one sex scene, but I'm going to use it multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> And, like, get around your contract. I mean, to be honest, that's what they would do. I mean, think about it this way. If you were an adult film star, Mm -hmm. you know, you film one scene, you're going to be in a... You're you're an adult (laughs) film star. You film one scene, you're going to be on a hundred different DVDs. Mm -hmm. Right? So, same idea. Same idea. If if one would watch those types of scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, Let's talk about the beer. I am not here to be okay with you guys loving this beer. Let's talk about the inspiration of this beer, because to me, in the weirdest way, this is the most on-point beer (laughs) we have ever bloody featured (laughs) on this show, and... That's 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 all I'm gonna say right now. <laughs> well, so inspired by the room, this was a beer. You know, I took the challenge of how am I gonna do a beer that is inspired by the room, right? And I will admit that I am generally a pretty good home brewer. Mm-hmm. I, I I've won a few gold medals. I've 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 done home brewing for over a decade. <laughs> it is actually kind of hard for me to make a bad beer. Yeah, right? like that 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 is actually difficult for me to do. It's kind of like. Whereas Tommy Wiseau never made a movie before, and this was him really trying to make a great movie. Yeah, this was inspired of me really trying to make a bad beer, right? <laughs> and, and not have it infected, and not yeah. have it like be the reasons why people generally have bad beer, right? And so, and, and but I also wanted to make it a bad beer that you were like, oh yeah, it's beer. <laughs> just like when you watch the room uh yeah it's hilarious and, and it's a movie you, you achieved this yes, yes very and, well and so here's where i started first of all i figured well if i could take a bunch of stuff that doesn't really make any sense and actually make it into a beer that's probably not going to go anywhere we'll just start with a saison right yeah because you know if you're belgian <laughs> your your idea of what beer is is already kind of lax anyway right yeah. there's no general style guidelines you have to truly adhere to and they on top of that is that like with the belgian saison yeast you don't have to do traditional like fermentation temperatures either yeah, it can exactly. be whatever yeah whatever temperature your room's at yeah, yeah. throw it, it in can a, be, yeah it'll be fine is what 80 it is. degrees whatever yeah. it doesn't and, fucking matter and, and you know it's it's european and there's different types of saison where through, where in europe? throughout and europe knows, and no one knows no one so knows. yeah so you know i made a beer with a european accent that we don't generally know where it's from (laughs) and and then and 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 here is where we come in with the recipe well the recipe came up that day oh god what we did is uh we decided we're gonna brew i knew i was gonna do a saison and i kind of had an idea of what i was gonna do and i had a bunch of pilsner malt laying around so i started there and as i watched tyler have to take a drink and spit it right back out perfect no i i just <laughs> i want to see the color of this also the smell i just the smell i keep trying to smell this beer yeah. it's a mistake <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's actually a nice color it's not a bad color actually the first one you poured me was like pure yeast yeah. so this might actually improve the first taste i had of this beer so but yeah so i mean it's got like a nice brownish hue it's got a nice brownish hue think like a 
brown ale uh, yeah. kind of color, it, it's, right? It is a brown ale color. Yes. So, is it? I, I wouldn't say it's brown ale color. Well, it, it's kind of like Tommy Wiseau's accent. Like, we know it's brown. <laughs> we know he's European. I would say, if I was to pick a color, <laughs> I would say this looks like a double. Almost. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Go with that. Brown okay. ales are more like dark than this. Yeah, yeah. in my opinion. But I'll go with a double. Yeah, a double or a triple. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Somewhere I'll, in there. I'll, I'll, I'll concede. I'll concede. Okay. You know, you throw in that Belgian yeast, and you have that weird head on it anyway. Yeah. And so it kind of goes that road, and then and then from there, here's where the recipe kind of gets weird. So <laughs> what we're gonna do is we did. We, we we got a bunch of pilsner malt. That's yep. the base, right? It's around. It's around. It's around fourteen pounds of pilsner. Around fourteen okay. pounds of pilsner. Yeah. And, and this was all done on a a round. We just kind of threw fourteen pounds, and then in the midterm, we spilled the the mill. Yeah. So we lost some <laughs> of that. Yeah. And, and that was all over on the my ground. brand we, new patio. And this brand new patio, and then we had to sweep it all up. Thank you for helping clean up that the way, guys. Yeah. And then we threw in a little bit of rye, but not just any rye chocolate rye chocolate rye so it's almost like this is i, I think the, i love the word white stout that's a, yeah, that's a great that, name that's for this. how you describe it before we start so, so imagine a white like a saison flavored chocolatey stout and that's really what this is it is and, and i will say that even though i would say this is probably one of the worst beers i've ever made and if i submitted this to a competition i would definitely get scored somewhere in the 20s i yeah. was gonna say 10s but eh, 20s maybe 20s, yeah. 20s. Yeah. they always are trying to be nice <laughs> and then but here's the deal it it, it kind of works for what it is it's, and I, you know i think so tyler and i were talking about it last night and, and actually now that it's not yeasty it's not as bad yeah, yeah, the yeast really, like, really impacts really the impacts Yeah, beer. so, actually, yeah, so we were talking about it last night, and we think we realized what it is, because we fermented it, we're serving it from the keg we fermented it in. Yes. And a whole bunch of horror stories about this. But what it's got, in a weird way, is, and a lot of homebrewers complain about this, mm-hmm. is the homebrewer tang. Yep. And... I think a lot of where that homebrewer tang comes from, from is sometimes using extract. Yeah. But also bottle conditioning. Residual yep. yeast. And it's the residual yeast, and it's the... You haven't yet learned not to pour the yeast in with, with, with the beer you hit that glass. You hit that true blind, and you're like, ah, I could get, like, maybe one more maybe bottle one out more. of this. I'm gonna just try and it. so it does taste like a white stout saison made by a home brewer who has only just started and not learned the basics. <laughs> this and the thing is that is really hard for me to make, guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and Colton, I know you're a great yeah, I know. brewer. You, you are a great like, brewer. You, but like it's just as you say it, and it's it's in the same way of like the room and I'm thinking back to some of my student films of like yeah, I followed some of the rules of filmmaking. But somehow screwed this up. Yes, and that was really hard. Like the, I actually on purposefully was like, I'm not going to measure my grain. Yeah, I'm going to just like, throw oh, in let's this throw thing. some chocolate. And, and, and you literally just were like, whoop, whoop, and just, just threw it, it in there. <laughs> yeah. um, I I actually scorched the boil a little bit. Yep, yep. And, because I uh, because I had had so much it, because I was using my electric brewery and and my grain to water ratio was off. And I, this was all done on, like kind of just done because I was throwing it together. Yep. I forgot to buy you hops. Remember? Oh yeah. I had to go mm-hmm. buy. 
I hops and and like left and came back with a keg because I also forgot a fermenter and so I bought a keg that day right <laughs> so kind of the idea was that like I just kind of threw this beer together kind of like how the room was thrown together, yeah right no, absolutely and then what ended up happening was this piece of something that I will never taste again which is a chocolate stout <laughs> <sauce>. <laughs> Well, and so I want to talk about like so. Um, let, let's just go through the recipe real quick. And, and I'm bringing this like, to my homebrew club meeting. I can't oh, wait till they all uh, get to taste real it real quick. So <laughs> we, were, we were talking about how it was. It tastes like that troop on the bottom. Yeah. Also, this is like if you are a homebrewer and you like lift your fermenter up onto the counter. Mm-hmm. And then you don't let the yeast settle. Yeah. And yeah. you have all that like yeast floating around mm-hmm. because you were too damn impatient to let it settle again. And so you just started bottling. Yeah. Like right away. Like yep. that's that's let what's it let it settle yeah. for an hour. Yeah. Just let it sit. So <laughs> so I want to get into the recipe though. Because once we get into the recipe, then we can talk about like what went because I did some stuff during fermentation I am not proud of. Oh, oh. I, 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 I've, I've not I've, got a text message. I I've, heard I've kept this from you <laughs> for this just, episode. Because I wanted to share this. So it was around 14 pounds 16. of... 16 pounds of Pilsner. No, it was 14, 14 pounds, pounds of Pilsner. Oh, pounds. And then how much rye would you say roughly? Uh, six ounces. Six it ounces? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Half pound. Yeah. And then, and then, so you were mashing. You're like, "Oh shit, I forgot my hops." So you had to drive all the way to our friends, the brew hut. Yeah. And uh, what hops did you buy? <sighs> that was a hard question for me to remember. If I remember correctly, I bought something noble. Hallertau. Oh, uh, I think it was Hallertau. Yeah. Yep. And so, how much Hallertau, and where in the boil? Uh, I did sixty minutes in the boil and sixty minutes at the end. I'm sorry, 60 minutes in the end. It, it'd be a 60 minute an ounce. Oh, an ounce is 60 minutes, and then another ounce in the last two. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then you fermented with a Belgian. Be- yeah, 3711. 3711 in the keg, which we are currently serving from. Yes. So Under pressure. Under pressure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things with this. So when you're fermenting in a keg, um, cause we were, we were unable to get the, we, we wanted to do this, but we were unable to get the post off for bending the dip tube up. Yep. So it wouldn't be stuck in the tube. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, fuck it. We'll just throw it in there anyway. How many, th- how many guys does it take to take a post off? <laughs> okay. No, we couldn't. Cause <laughs> not, it was like, not it was us like three. sealed on. Sealed yeah. on. We couldn't do it. Answer is not us three. Not us three. We and, are and, very weak men. And on top of that, I did try to leave headspace in there. Cause I yep. only put four gallons in there. I left <laughs> a gallon of headspace. So I was like, eh. but I knew it was Belgian yeast going in. And I had a thought in my mind where I was like, this is totally going to blow off. So, <laughs> So, cut to me fermenting for you. So, we are in my home office with my exercise bike, my work computer, my podcast equipment. There's a lot of crap in this room. And we have a carpet that is now ruined. Oh, Um, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, basically, you gave me your spunding valve. Yes. And I could not get this thing to hold at 10 PSI. Okay. So, I have my own spunding spunding valve. And so I was like, well, fuck, I'll just put mine on and it'll be fine. Well, I better better put some gas in there. (laughs) (laughs) You're way ahead of me. And so, dumbass here. So, I currently don't have anything on nitro, right? So, I've got my nitro tank sitting in this room, which is set at 30 PSI. (laughs) And so, I'm like... and You you can't bleed it out when it's fermenting like that. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, my friend. Oh. You can. You can. <laughs> no, so, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> That's there your it answer. Is. That's the answer you're looking for. In the same way, you shouldn't trust Lisa. <laughs> so, I... You know, there's three types of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Smart, dumb, and this. And um, so I put, I put a bunch of gas in, and I got my sponging valve, and I was ready to like bleed it out. And all of a sudden, beer goes gushing across my room. If you look at that curtain right there, you can see, I can see it. a beer pattern. I, I had to clean it off for all of these surfaces. <laughs> I ruined a couple of books that I have <laughs> because dumbass here tried to be smart. Well, I'm he's referring I, to dumbass. He's not referring to me. He's referring to himself. Well, yep. I, I will throw out there that I at least now don't feel like it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> now you have an excuse. So it's like this movie is not Tony's fault. It's Lisa's. It's Lisa's. <laughs> And so, what what I like about this beer, and I mean, like, I mean, th this beer is so perfect for the movie, and we we absolutely know this is not a true representation of the beers you make. Actually, as I'm drinking it, and it doesn't have a bunch of the first beer you handed me was full of yeast. Mm -hmm. It is actually not as bad as my first one I had. Yeah, this beer yeah. this beer has gotten better. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's great. We've 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 had some other. So things. it's like it's like the second time you've seen the room. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right, the first time you're like, Ooh. I would, <laughs> I would I would totally agree with that because what I think is really interesting about this bit is it reminds me of when I started homebrewing and I was trying to figure out styles I liked and began experimenting. I made beers that tasted like this. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I drank the entire yep. batch. And I, I gave them think of a to friends and family. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And <laughs> there's a particular strawberry kolsch that I made. <laughs> there's a We've all tried the strawberry beer, guys. The, there's a particular jalapeno <laughs> like stout that I made. Oh, and And... You know, so I got to be honest. I've had beers at breweries that are worse than this. Yeah, no. And I, <laughs> I, and I was gonna, I was gonna say that exact same thing. Of like, this beer, like this movie, works because it doesn't work. Gosh, yeah. Shall we start naming all the breweries we've had worse beers at? <laughs> but yeah, and and so like, it's it's hard for me to just be like. Oh, I don't, I don't like this beer, especially as like the way we were putting it together was like really haphazard, and that, that was a really fun brew day, by the way. But so we do need to do it again. But just like the room, I don't think we could ever recreate this beer. No, no. Like even if Nor I tried, should we? If I tried to do this again, right? Well, because you bought round, I forgot to tell you because they're sitting on top of my fridge. You bought round uh, about half an ounce of cocoa nib. That you were going to throw in. Yeah, and I didn't do it. And you didn't do no, it. I didn't do it. Um, and so that would have been interesting on top of this as well. <laughs> True. Um, I, I was going real weird. Yeah, but like, but I, I was also going to throw some white pepper in there too. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> um, but no, and like as as I say, That's because like, I like ween. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to Pot Culture Brews. Um, <laughs> But no, it's, uh, I mean, it, as I say, it, it's... Not weed, ween. Uh, the band ween. <laughs> weirdly still works. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I mean, it doesn't work and it does work. And as I say, we, we've all had beers worse than this yeah. at, at, um, at, at breweries. Yes. Um, and do yeah, not, it's, it's interesting. I'm going to throw out, do not smell this beer. 
That's fair. I I just can't do the smell of this beer. Yeah, you know, the smell of this beer is pretty awful. You yeah, know, you know what it I is. I keep though. like putting it up. I'm like, it no, does have it has fuck, a I don't it, know what it, it has a foot smell to it. Well, and you know <laughs> you know what that is? It's the chocolate fighting with the saison. It is. Mm, yeah, it is. Yes, it's the because saison is very fruity and floral and, floral and, and, and chocolate <laughs> chocolate's earthy. Yeah, 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 and so there's there's a weird earthiness and a weird it's, like fruitiness to it. It smells like a gym sock that you left in a gym bag for a month, two yeah. months, too long. When we talk about a bunch of vignettes that are put together that don't it's really true. have a plot, this beer has this no bit, plot. no, this beer has no plot to it, <laughs> and it makes it unique and fun, semi worthwhile trying, uh, just not not smelling. Well, and I mean, and as I say, like, like we were talking about at the beginning of this uh, of this episode, like the way we approach biz is this trying to tell a story, trying to represent something in a very different medium that even the filmmakers, authors, whatever we're doing, are not thinking of. They're not thinking like, oh, if I write like Tom Petty when he wrote Wildflowers, yeah. was not thinking. Hopefully, we make a wildflower golden ale one day, right? <laughs> which was phenomenal. Um, no, that was an orange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But like we, that's how we're thinking about biz. And so as this movie is a bunch of random vignettes to your exact point, like every time I sip this beer, I'm like, there's a Saison. Oh, oh no, that's there's chocolate. the chocolate. Oh. <laughs> there's Wait, the gym salt. That's the, there's, the... Oh, <laughs> there's all the hops. I can taste the hops. Yeah. Oh, there's some hops in there. Is yeah. that Lisa? <laughs> so, I, I think she's tearing me Din- apart. <laughs> Denny, get out of here. We are naming this beer the Lisa. <laughs> the Lisa. To Lisa. <laughs> to Lisa. You evil wench. Oh, no, 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 no. Whoa. I, I'm actually just like they did with the Karate Kid. Right. Have you ever seen the video where they took the Karate Kid and actually showed where Daniel LaRusso was truly evil? Yes. Right? Because, you know, he really was, right? Because he cheated. Because you, no, because, you know, Johnny was just at the beach. He was having a small argument with his girlfriend. And then Johnny LaRusso just hops in there and starts punching him. Yeah. Trying to start a fight with him. You know, he was just sitting in, in, in that stall trying to roll a dube. <laughs> and, then Johnny, and then Johnny LaRusso comes over and just throws the hose right over the top and then hoses him down with it, yeah. right? So so to me, it's like, I'm going to look at Lisa very differently <laughs> in that, you know, yeah, I think she was a little mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, we should have been worried more about her mental health versus what she was doing to Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Mental health. Like, why, why was she so evil? Yes. What was she trying to prove? I was going to say that. Uh, Tony Wissau needed more mental health in <laughs> <laughs> this movie. So. Well, he did kill himself. Well, <laughs> at the end of the movie, the not in real life. Well, Johnny, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, 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 yeah. Uh, um, no, but as, as I was going to say, it was a really fun day when you, you came around and brewed, so I hope we get to do it again. Oh, with, yeah, absolutely. With, with um, a more planned bit? Oh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll totally. <laughs> well, if we do a different movie, yep. like Troll, mm-hmm. you know, well, we would do a, a beer that was more... If we end up doing Troll 2, who knows? I, I don't know. Jaws 3. I yeah, I like the idea of Jaws 3. Jaws 3 is so good. And, yeah. and it has Lou Gossett Jr. in it. Well, so I think... <laughs> all right. I, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just going to say this now. We are going to do a Revenge of the Sequel episode. And we've talked about doing with Boondock Saints 2 and Weekend of Bernie's Weekend 2. Bernie's which too. we might still do that, but we... Well, can, I think we should. I, I think we each choose a shitty sequel and we each do a beer for that shitty sequel. I'm Cat- down. Caddyshack 2 is still available, people. <laughs> <laughs> God, 
God, that was so bad. Yeah. And I've seen it a thousand times. I know. Because every time HBO I'm watching it. played it, it yeah. like a million times. I'm like, why am I watching this movie? I hate this movie. It's uh, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well. Whoever so. they got to do the Rondi Dangerfield guy was awful. Oh, I. Oh, I. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if you if you're interested in in my podcast, go to homebrewingdiy.beer and check it out. He is much more professional with us than us with, with website sponsors. We are the Tony Wissau of, <laughs> of pop culture uh, podcast hey, and beer hey, podcast. Yeah. Whatever. You guys are in the top ten percent of all podcasts. That, I saw that. Thank yes. you. So, um, where can people find you on social? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's homebrewing. all at homebrewing DIY, one word. Yep. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. I I'm not as active as I used to be. I, mm-hmm. I will admit. It, but when it comes podcasting wise, yes, I'm very, I put out my episode every week, but when it comes to the socials, if you hit me up with a message, I will definitely get back to you. But, uh, as far as the posting goes, I'm pretty here. Yeah. And, and, you know, check out, check it out because if you want to think, or if you want to learn how to approach your brewing differently, or you're looking for, or you have a problem you're trying to solve, I guarantee you there's probably an episode now that solves for all of that yeah i'm pushing 100 sure. episodes now so we're we're, we're definitely yeah. i have a weekly show versus you guys do bi-weekly bi-weekly seasons yeah right so so it's uh i i have to put out an episode every week it's it's, it's sometimes it's very rough on my life well because because <laughs> you're a lot smarter than us because so the the funny thing about producing this podcast as opposed to yours are you peeling back the curtain right i'm now? peeling back the curtain oh man is you know on, can we just say this is a magic warning for all of those people this is a magic warning yeah <laughs> but it's also it's actually also a guarantee because what when you want to do an episode and you want to talk to like the guys from beer making from boulder yeah. or whomever like it's great you can call them up arrange the interview talk about beers fantastic yeah and it's it's pretty smooth sailing yeah it's done and done we and this is a literal guarantee to all of you out there we are literally if not drinking the beer during the episode have drunk the beer because we made it specifically for this episode that when we do it we are honestly brewing and developing the recipes and making sure they're good and then we record yeah so this our production six, time. This one episode has been a six-month project of yeah. communication between the three of us, right? So yeah. Just, just to kind of put into what goes into one of these is that uh, it's a lot of putting together schedules, yeah. getting a beer done. Waiting for, for said beer. Waiting for said beer to be made, <laughs> being able to drink it Spraying for the episode. said beer all over yeah. the wall. Making sure that Tyler has seen the room. Making sure Tyler's seen the room. <laughs> it's all of it. It's it's a lot of coordination, but like, and yours is obviously in a different way, very difficult to, to put together. But you can do that quick turnaround yeah. of like getting a weekly episode. And when I don't have an episode, I can just talk for an hour. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> So no, I mean honestly, that that is for anyone who's like wondering if we do this, like we are literally every episode is a brand new beer, which probably makes us smuck, schmucks, but you know, yeah, we, we, have we fun. enjoy the we beer. enjoy it. Yeah. We, we get to hang out with awesome guests and brew beer, exactly. with them, so it's yeah. awesome. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you can rate and review us wherever it is you get your podcast, the myth and legend for us indie podcasts is it helps people find the show. I'm use some reverse psychology. Okay. Don't go out there and rate us. Yeah, How dare don't. you? How dare you? <laughs> don't, actually, don't you give us that actually review. Podchaser.com. Very easy. Go in there, write a review. Yep. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, pick up your phone right now. 
roll to the bottom, get five stars, and walk away. That's all you have to That's do. All That's you all you gotta do. Gotta do. Yeah. That easy. And, and we really appreciate it. All right, fine. We, I'm changing. Do it. What we're, are you doing? We're like, we're like Tommy Wiseau. We, we need the affirmation. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PopCultureBrews, or you can email us PopCultureBrews at gmail.com. And until next time, cheers. 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 cheers.